Hi everybody, Rob from the Hooked On podcast, How To Be Great here. Look, we enjoy doing what we do, for the love of it, it's wrestling, enjoy it, remember? But if you do feel like dropping us a few quid to help us out, be our guest. We don't expect it, but we will appreciate it. Thanks ever so much for your support. Don't forget, it's wrestling, enjoy it. Falcons above terrific clouds, waving humorous, derogatory mountains of Smurfs, hang gliding with Bob means no mashed potato in seven Lancashire stoves. And if you think that's the most nonsensical thing you've heard in wrestling this week, you didn't hear The Undertaker's promo in the Manhattan Centre. Welcome everyone, this is The Show. I am Rob McNichol and joining me is Paul Benson. This is The Suns Hooked on Wrestling. It's our second week of the new season, as it were. And Paul, how are you doing my friend? I'm okay, Rob. Thank you very much. Hello, everybody. Thank you for joining us again. We had quite a few listeners last week, didn't we? In the end, it's all right, wasn't it? All right. Nice to be yeah. uh, nice to be back among the conversation. There, I should uh, I should say we got some lovely feedback to having uh, Jim Ross on the show. It was an absolute pleasure. I think we made the, made that point over and over last week, but we were so happy to have uh, Jim with us and to hear him to hear his voice on Raw 25 this week and thinking. He spared a bit of time to uh, to have a chat to us last week and talk all matters wrestling was uh, was pretty cool um, and we've done it again, folks. Not one but two uh, famous voices for you to hear this week. And um, coming up very shortly after Paul and I have had a little introductory chat, uh, we're going to introduce you to one of our hosts, uh, well hostesses, uh, for this Sunday's uh, Hooked on Wrestling parties. More on that in just a second. But SoCal Val, who'll be our hostess in Cardiff, uh, is going to be joining us very shortly uh, to have a chat. Uh, about the Royal Rumble and about Raw 25 Um, and then later on in the show it is our absolute privilege uh, the first ever Royal Rumble winner the legend the Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan is on the show later on Uh, I caught up with him indeed not only has Paul dived in with one of those there um, uh, you will hear me doing one of those uh, later on in the show that's right folks you will hear me doing a hoe later on in the show uh, Hacksaw made me do it that's my defence uh, but it was uh, I was lucky enough to go along to uh, his uh, Q&A show in Yeovil uh, which was put on by uh, BLW down in my part of the world down in the southwest, Big League Wrestling uh, and they did a very fine job of putting the show on with Hacksaw who told some very entertaining stories uh, signed some memorabilia and mixed with the fans what, what a nice guy I have to say that very up, high up in the show um, he was pretty much as you'd expect him to be. You know, he's not the, you know, the thumb in the air and waving the wood all the time. But uh, he is a sort of a dialed down version of that. Or you would say that Hacksaw is a dialed up version of the real Jim Duggan. And it's, it's Jim Ross in week one, Jim Duggan in week two. Where do we go? We need to have find a Jim of the week for next week. Who should we do as next week's Jim of the week, Paul? Jumping Jim Brunzel. That's a good one. Jumping Jim Brunzel. We can go after. Plenty to do. Jimmy Hart. We could do. Can we Jim Neidhart? Jim Powers. Yep. Those of them. Jim, Jim, oh. James J. Dillon. Jim Cornette. There's so many Jims. I think Jim High Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> oh. oh, we'll see how many Jims we can get in. For, maybe not one a week. That might be pushing it. We'll there, uh, but we'll see. every now and again we'll have an irregular feature, the Jim of the week. We'll make um, it a thread. We'll uh, we'll try and put a few uh, a few Jims in there. <laughs> Certainly, yeah, uh, the first. Gym. <laughs> I have not too many Jims, do I? The see Jim on and I. Jim and I. Of course. What am I thinking? Oh, we'll definitely get in there. 
which uh, how would we know which is which? That would be the uh, difficulty on the podcast, wouldn't it? Uh, but anyway, this uh, <laughs> nonsensical name play aside, um, we uh, we've got a big week coming up, Paul. It's, as we are recording, it is the Thursday evening, uh, and we are only three days away uh, from the Royal Rumble. We'll talk about that in in just a second. But more importantly, we've had to delay a little bit of a peek behind the curtain here, folks, letting a bit of daylight in the daylight in upon magic. But we were going to record this podcast at, uh, at eight o'clock this evening, but Paul said, oh, "I'm going to have to put it back." by about half an hour the recording because Vince has got a big announcement so not only are we three days away from the Royal Rumble as we talk we are about two and a bit years away from the XFL you excited? <laughs> oh I can't even believe we're having this conversation in 2018 it's absolutely phenomenal you know I was uh the XFL's got so much kitsch value hasn't it like it's such it's the byword for just failed ambition but do you know what all the credit in the world to Vince McMahon he has got balls of steel and a stubborn streak to match just because it didn't work all those years ago a little bit of a, 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 a changing of the logo a changing of the stance of how he positions the league and boom we are back in business the, the press conference was absolutely brilliant because clearly um, it's little more then a few ideas jotted down on the back of a cigarette packet at this point with with a nice new logo. Well, who gives a shit? They could still have that press. Who uh, they could still have that press conference uh, up and running. Um, I think it's absolutely. I think it's absolutely brilliant. And the only thing it was hilarious. Like, what? Where will the cities be? We don't know. Where will? Uh, uh, how many? How many people will be on each team? How long will half time be? We don't know. We don't know. Um, what will it ask, asking all these really relevant questions will the players be made to stand for the national anthem yes <laughs> that's literally the only point that they've decided on um, I can't wait to see it whether, whether it works or whether it doesn't and I think I won't go into the politics of it and stuff right next now's not the forum but I think it's got a much much better chance of succeeding than it did in um, the early 2000s um, but uh, whether it succeeds or whether it fails, it's going to be an absolutely wild and fun ride. Good for you, Vince McMahon. You keep on putting those crazy projects out there, my friend. I think it's absolutely awesome. Well, you're the uh, you're the American football expert around here. I will say that uh, Vince might not be the only wrestling personality that's uh, attached to balls of steel. How are you doing? But to be <laughs> fair, um, I think that uh, I want to ask this question, and I don't mean to be disrespectful of, uh, of a man like Vince McMahon, but... This was something that was tried out in 2000, 2001, and here we are, 17, 18 years later, going for the same project. Um, do you think he knows he's done it before? Is it possible that he's just completely forgotten about it? He's going, ah, I had this idea, what's about the XFL? We never did anything with that. Let's do that. He may have forgotten. I think he just watched this awesome documentary that ESPN produced um, that was all about the XFL, Bought the rights to it, bought the rights to the uh, to the trademark, and went off to the races. But no, I, I just think that it's it's a different world now, different time. It's a different product that he's putting out there. It just has to be branded the same. I don't think the success, the failure of that league, 17 years ago, has any any bearing whatsoever on whether it'll be a success or failure this time. I think they should have gone with the um, uh, the UK radio outlook, and rather than calling it XFL, changed it to Football X, and had Chris Moles presenting it. That would have been their uh, how they should have done the. <laughs> How they should have done the rebrand, but um, I think uh, listen, we're not going to go into depth on it, partly because they haven't yet themselves. But uh, I'm going to say here's my positive outlook, Paul. The uh, you and I would agree. Well, I'll ask you the question straight up, but I know the answer, Paul. What's the greatest ever year in wrestling? 
Um, 2000, I'd say. I would agree with you. 2000, perhaps into 2001 with the yeah. the best ever. Well, up until WrestleMania 2001, it, anyway. Yeah, it's the, exactly. It's the night after Mania 2000 to the night after Mania 2001. That year inclusive, so before we uh, got to the invasion. Um, but... Uh, that is pretty much XFL time. That was when they were building up to the XFL and when it was about to go live. So uh, let's hope history repeats itself. And I don't really care what happens to the XFL as long as it's not too detrimental to uh, to our friends in WWE. Um, but if it makes the uh, the product quite as good as it was back in 2000 and 2001, I, for one, will not be complaining. But let's talk there a bit go. more current. Let's be talking about the Royal Rumble, which is coming up this Sunday. Uh, we will be talking about it a bit more in depth with Val very shortly, and indeed Paul and I are going to go into a few other matches uh, a bit later on in the podcast. And of course, we uh, we touch on it with uh, with Jim Duggan. So there's plenty of Rumble chat uh, throughout the podcast. But um, to the main um, thrust, sometimes of why we're here, Paul. Royal Rumble parties all over the country. Thirteen of them, would you believe, uh, put on by Hooked On Wrestling. Uh, very briefly, we'll do some uh, some more in depth plugage later on in the show. Uh, but just now, tell people where in the country that they can go and watch the Royal Rumble in association with Hooked on Wrestling. Okay, guys, get ready for this. We've got 13 cities to get through. I'm just going to list them out in order. We are going to be in London, Leeds, Manchester, Cardiff, Nottingham, Birmingham, Derby, Sheffield, Reading, Glasgow, Chelmsford, Brighton and Bournemouth. Oof. Wow. That's quite daunting when you look at it like that. And he remembers that off the top of his head, folks, because he can't read. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's very, very impressive. Um, as mentioned before, um, SoCal Val will be our host in Cardiff. I'll be on duty in London. And uh, just give us a little quick idea of Paul or who else we've got in some of the uh, some of the venues. Well, I've got some quite cool guys, actually. We've got... Um, sorry, 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 it... sorry. Some more quite cool guys. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. You, you said as well as as well as Val, as well yeah, as Val. Yeah, yeah. We couldn't get anybody cool in London. We couldn't. Yeah, we tried, we yeah. tried. Um, but we got, we got, we got, we got somebody. Um, so anyway, we've got yeah some some interesting ones around the country. In Sheffield, for instance, we've got um, Saxon Huxley. Um, in Derby, we've got Joseph Connors. Um, we've got uh, Ash Rose from the Gorilla Position and Skillet from the Gorilla Position in Brighton. We've got Jamie Kennedy. Um, commentator for um, Defiant Wrestling up in Glasgow. Um, yeah, it's um, it's it's a bit of a varied bunch, really. Oh, in Birmingham we've got um, Dave Mastiff and Joanna Rose. That's the one. Beauty yeah. and the Beast. Beauty and the Beast. And go on, go on, do your joke again. No, I'm not going to do it twice in a row. No, that's fine. The joke was perfectly good last week. Doesn't, have to be, <laughs> doesn't need to be hammered into the ground every week. So yeah, I'm really excited. I think we've got some fantastic. Um, some fantastic parties up and coming we've got some great um, great ticket sales already there's going to be some really rocking events uh, and everyone that turns up is just going to have a wild time Royal Rumble bit, a few drinks a few games quiz cosplay bada bing bada boom you're going to love it you're not supposed to say things like that this week um, it should be a, it should be a fantastic event um, the Hooked on Wrestling famous pub, pub quiz um, we'll be there for you to win some great prizes. Um, as Paul said, there's some uh, some opportunities to dress up. We always like to stress it is not uh, your obligation. It is not obligatory that you have to come along dressed up. Indeed, most people it's a wrestling shirt and jeans kind of attire. But 
If you want to come nice and dressed in uh, in a suit, you may. If you want to come dressed as your favourite wrestler, you may. And there are prizes uh, available for the very best of those costumes as well. Um, and just generally speaking, chill out, have a good night, have a beer, be sensible, uh, and enjoy the rumble with us. That is the key. There you, go. you will not have a better place to be, perhaps including being at the rumble, because you can't see everything. You're craning your head. You've got to go all the way over the filly. But you can actually, with us, you can just go to your, your favourite local bar and have a drink with us and uh, watch the Rumble on enormous screens. Um, some of them, we've got a couple of new venues, haven't we? And the, the, the screens are getting bigger. There's some absolute monsters out there. Oh, yeah, man. The, the biggest one I think we've got, other than the one in London, which is cinema-sized, we've got a 32-foot screen in Leeds. And I went to look at it the other day. It's so cool. It's made up of loads of different panels. That you can actually control what goes on each. So we can have two broadcasts side-by-side. Side. We can have one in the middle. We can have the PowerPoint quiz over on one side with Sky Sports playing some WWE on the other. It's awesome. 32 feet. 32 feet. That, it's... Is, that is the size of about five great Carlees or 67 Alexa Blisses. <laughs> Every, everything should be measured in Alexa Blisses, I think. Actually, that's a, that's a really, really good point. We're going to measure things in Alexa. Oh, actually, this is the point where I would go to my uh, to my very own Google machine and I would ask Google some questions, but I'm not recording in my own house today, so unfortunately uh, I can't. I want to say this because, I'm, unfortunately, we, we included my Google machine uh, once in the, uh, in the podcast and it's the most uh, successful character we've ever had. So uh, more people want her back than uh, than me or you, uh, but unfortunately she's uh, she's been this week um, oh, well. because because uh, I'm not around in the house, but uh, I'm sure she will be back. Um, before we get on to um, uh, to speaking to Val, because I'm sure we'll uh, we'll want to hear from her in terms of her uh, uh, thoughts on the Royal Rumble, particularly the uh, the women's Royal Rumble. Um, quickly, Paul, um, give us uh, a one or two lines on where people can get tickets for our shows and indeed how they can follow us on social media. Yeah, absolutely. So, very straightforward, guys. If you want any information or you want to buy tickets, you can get that from either ringsideworld.co.uk, just search Hooked On when you get there, or you can go to our own site, hookedonevents.co.uk. We've also got separate pages for all of the events with uh, info and ticket links and everything else you need on facebook.com forward slash HO Wrestling. Okay, joining us now is one of our fantastic hosts. We have many, many great hosts uh, for our Hooked On Wrestling parties coming up next week, and you're very blessed that two of them are going to be on the same call. And, uh, and I'm not saying that one of them's me, but one of them's me. Um, but the other one is, of course, the, uh, the wonderful SoCal Val, who'll be joining us for our Cardiff party. Val, how's it going? It's going very well. How are you guys? Yeah, we're very well indeed. Uh, super psyched for uh, for Sunday coming up for the Rumble, uh, as I'm sure you are as well. Is it your is it your favourite pay per view of the year that we keep talking about that we keep saying? It is. You know, I don't like to play favourites, but the Rumble is my favourite by far because I say this probably 60 times in the night when I'm there. But even if you're not a wrestling fan, you enjoy the Royal Rumble because the actual Rumble match. Now we have double the pleasure, double the fun. But you enjoy the Rumble match because it's fast paced. It's, you know, there's comedic action. There's all, something for everybody in the Rumble. And of course, there's a new dimension this year, of course, with the uh, the addition of the uh, the women's rumble as well. We'll be talking about that in uh, in just a second. But, uh, but for those of you that haven't um, uh, had the the luck to be at one of the parties that uh, you've hosted so far, tell us what uh, what you can bring to Hooked On Wrestling. We already enjoyed your uh, your presentation at uh, SummerSlam. This is uh, this is the rumble. This is going to step up a bit. So what have you got for us? 
Yeah, if you don't, my favorite part about it is sort of the build-up to the actual pay-per-view because, you know, it, it does air quite late here in the UK, but everyone kind of gets excited and gets amped with, with so many different activities that we have going on from the pub quiz where we test your wrestling knowledge, which it's always astounding how much people know about wrestling and their history. And, you know, there's several encyclopedias of wrestling to come to these events that are just amazing at, at how much they know about the sport. Um, so we have pub quizzes. We've got drink specials. We've got cosplay, which is probably my favorite part because, you know, I do a lot of conventions and I see cosplay from a lot of stuff that I don't really understand, especially being an American over here. I'm like, what is this Doctor Who? What is this, you know, show? But with <laughs> wrestling, you know, a guy walks in and he's Vic Foley or a girl walks in and she's Alexa Bliss. And it's so cool because they get into it. They're able to come on stage and sort of become the characters and it's their moment to shine. So um, it's just, it's really interactive. And I think that's what's cool about being the host is I sort of just anchor you know the crowd a bit because everyone gets rowdy and has a great time and you, know, you, you mix a little bit of alcohol and everyone's gonna have a damn good time no matter what we're watching but the wrestling fans are just there to you know converse with each other and just share you know their thoughts on on what's going to happen that night i will say i've managed to uh, go a go along to a couple of those conventions to uh, mainly to to interview wrestlers and let me tell you as an englishman in england i don't know what half of those things are either it's a it's a, <laughs> it's, it's a world entirely beyond me a lot of the time but it's a fun one i enjoy the atmosphere because everyone's uh, kind of let their hair down and it, yeah. remind, it reminds me a little bit similar at these parties i've talked about this on the podcast before but I still think wrestling has still got that little bit of a taboo in a, in a if you're with a, in a group of friends and you're the wrestling fan there's still a little bit of a oh, should I admit it but come along to one of these parties it's like the stigma's away from you you can just join in there's nothing to hold you back and uh, I love that uh, I love that part of the atmosphere it's so true and you know what I'm glad you mentioned that because my favorite part of the last party that I hosted for SummerSlam was there was a kid kind of younger than, than the rest of the crowd he must have been about I don't know, 20 or so. And he uh, he came up and was saying, you know, my mom dropped me off and I'm really not a social person. And, you know, he goes, I just, I feel good being around people that like the same things I like. And I thought, how cool is that? That this kid, you know, is admitting that he's not Mr. Talkative, but when he gets around this group, he feels safe enough to come out to this event and talk about what he loves, which is wrestling. And, you know, he might be that guy, like you mentioned, that in other um, areas or other uh, situations he's sort of the weird guy that likes wrestling this is something where we all love wrestling we're there because we want to see what's going to happen and you know you're amongst friends even if they're strangers by the end of not even the end of the night by like half an hour into it everyone's friends and family so that's what makes it so great we've always said that haven't we Paul that uh, that's the proudest thing of these parties that uh, we feel like we actually uh, we can facilitate friendships it's pretty cool it's yeah. awesome awesome so many people come along on their own you know half the crowd for the certainly for the early ones used to come by themselves and to see friendships being formed that they they come back time and time again you see them interacting on social media it's, it's awesome and by the way val's plugging of these parties is so superior to yours we <laughs> might we might we might have to just record her and loop her every week and then you can sort of take a couple of minutes off mate pretty good nah. I, I, have no, I have no issue with that whatsoever that would be absolutely fine less for me to okay. do uh, what I will say I just meant to say one thing when you talked about the uh, the cosplays I will say this to everyone you've still got some um, there's some room to manoeuvre but we've been doing this for a lot of years and we've seen a lot of different costumes folks so we want to see some originality we want to see some good stuff although I will say that uh, I still go back to I think it was might have been last year's Rumble it may even have been uh, a show before that um, in the uh, the old Walkabout Temple in London, our former home, where I remember saying to Paul, "That is the best Seth Rollins I've ever seen." And Paul went, 
he's not in the competition. That's just what he looks like. He's been to about, <laughs> he's been to about two or three of our parties, and he would win hands down every time. It's just he happens to look like Seth Rollins that much. I actually think he looks a little bit more like Elias now. The beard's come out a little bit, but uh, we'll see. I just... You know what's weird is there was a Halloween in Orlando. I'll never forget, and it was just Halloween. It wasn't like a wrestling show or anything. And there was a guy, and he was bearded, had long hair, and he was in a Hawaiian shirt. And I'm like, that's either a Bray Wyatt costume or the guy's just a bearded dude in like a Hawaiian printed shirt thank god he was Bray Wyatt when I went up to him. when I saw the lantern I was like okay now I can approach the dude otherwise I'm just a weirdo you know <laughs> I am um, as you reminds me just quick story before we get back on the topic um, the very first I'm trying to get my years right here and I'm, I'm frightening myself because I think it might have been 10 years ago but the first ever TNA shows over in this country 2008 does that sound right I think it was. I think it was 2008. Maybe, yeah. The first two were in Liverpool. There was there was a couple in Liverpool and I think Coventry and Brentwood or something like that. But um, uh, I was at those first two shows at Liverpool Olympia and I was staying in my hotel uh, and I went up as I went into my hotel and was going up to the room. There was a guy in a full Hulk Hogan costume in the reception, and I said to him, "Oh, you know, great outfit. You know, looking forward to the show tonight." And he just looked a hole through me and went, "What are you talking about?" No idea there was re- no idea there was wrestling on. Just happened to be there dressed as Hogan. I went up to my room, got, got changed, came back down, and the lobby there was about ten of them. There was Hogan, Spider Man, Captain America, like the lot. It was just absolutely full of people in oh, various different funny. superhero costumes. It was a stag night down from Glasgow. Just happened to be out in Liverpool, oh. where I was staying. <laughs> I remember suggesting it looked like a Fathers for Justice outing. There was the amount of different superheroes knocking around. <laughs> But oh, it was uh, so it was incredible. Just this good guy looking at me, going, "I'm not going to the wrestling." It's like you're dressed as Hogan, mate. Anyway, <laughs> don't judge me. You're the one dressed as Hulk Hogan, dude. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Uh, right, let's uh, let's get on to the topic. Um, like we said, we're looking forward to the uh, the Rumble immensely on uh, Sunday. Um, Val, as a female performer within the industry, is it a is it a proud moment for you that the women are getting the recognition to have their own Rumble match? It is, and I will say that I'll, I'll go ahead and get the heat from this. I'm the biggest Stephanie McMahon fan in the world. So the fact that Stephanie was sort of the one who is championing this whole thing and was the one to make the announcement and all of that, um, that that's a proud moment for me just because I've always supported her and you know people have their own opinions about her, which are usually false because they don't really know the person. Um, but I feel like if, if you really look at the, the scheme of things over the years, Stephanie really has been the one behind the scenes that has been championing all the women and supporting all the women. She's kind of that strong female uh, character and, and female entity, really, in WWE that, that they need and that they've so, they're so lucky to have. So I think it was cool that she announced it, um, just in the same way that Triple H kind of, you know, has, has brought NXT up to be what it is. I think Stephanie is, is the right person to, you know, sort of take this movement of the, the female revolution and, and take it to the next level. Um, I think it's a long time coming. I know they've had a couple of women, you know, sporadically in the Royal Rumble, but for the women to have their own Rumble, I mean, this is the perfect time. There's so many women. I mean, when, when they said it was going to be 30 women, I thought, okay, now they must have, you know, they're going to have to bring in tons of people. Actually, you know, they, the graphic they're showing now, I counted last time, I think it was 18 women. They're not even talking about the other women in NXT. They have 30 on the roster right now that could be totally you know, uh, under contract right now. I'm hoping to goodness there's going to be some surprises and some returning girls. And I hope there's going to be some NXT debuts because some of those girls can make, you know, make an impact uh, in WWE. So um, I'm thrilled about it. I think it's great timing. And I'm just, I'm proud of all the girls already and it hasn't even happened yet. Um, Paul, can I just check if we got Val on a, some sort of binding contract for Sunday? <laughs> just in case they're, they're, they've got 29 and they need one more and the call comes in. Oh, God, we... no. 
She insisted on a Royal Rumble release clause. If she she pulls out a number, we've got to find a replacement. I'll tell you what. Every day on Twitter, actually multiple times a day, it's, are you going to get in there? And I'm like, okay, I've I've literally, I said in a tweet the other day, I'm like, I literally have made a career of being in wrestling but not ever actually wrestling. So why would all of a sudden now I'd be like, you know what? (laughs) I'm going to get in there. I've been training this whole time. You know, I I, I say that I'm shopping, but I'm really in the gym. Like, come on. No. God, no. I bruise like a peach, I tell you. If Michael Cole and the coach can be in the uh, the men's one, then uh, then anything can happen in the uh, <laughs> in, in the other one. But um, um, I let's address a bit of an elephant in the room as far as the uh, the women's rumble goes, and in terms of uh, a potential winner, um, I happened to read an article today which said said uh, there was some quotes attributed to Ronda Rousey, who's one of the favourites. Um, even though she's not even officially a part of WWE, but she's a favourite to win this Rumble, to go on to wrestle at WrestleMania, etc., etc. But there's quotes from her saying that she's flying out to Colombia, she's filming a, uh, a movie out there until the middle of February. I'm not going to be around, she says. Paul, is that the old? Um, oh, thank is God! It, is that the old bait and switch that they wouldn't te- they wouldn't say even if she was? Or do you think there's? A, do you think we should start to rule her out now? It was reported on TMZ, which is basically WWE's PR mouthpiece. I don't know whether it's true or not, but if they wanted to keep it quiet, then that's the way to do it. So uh, let's put it this way. If you had if you had a gun to my head and you wanted me to predict a winner, I'd say Ronda Rousey. Oh, good God. I certainly hope not. I mean, my, my political answer is that, you know, well, actually, I don't really have a political answer. I'm just going to go with it. Uh, first of all, didn't we learn our lesson with a girl like Eva Marie? Gorgeous girl. Uh, you know, but they put her in these situations where, hey, you're now a wrestler, poof. And the girl wasn't ready. It was disastrous. And I, I honestly believe, I mean, to her detriment, and that's the sad thing about it, is I think she's a gorgeous girl. And she, you know, she was everything visually what the WWE diva would look like and all that. But God bless her, she wasn't ready. I don't know if she'd be a great wrestler eventually. But, I mean, when they put her out there, she wasn't ready. Ronda Rousey isn't ready. Not only that, but my, my honest answer to you is I'm not a Ronda Rousey fan. Um, I, I find her rather crass in interviews, so I, I hope to goodness. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if she was in it, but to win it would really, really be absolutely ridiculous in my opinion. feels to me that if she's going to be in it, she will win it. It kind of feels like if, if they're going to oh. go to the effort of having her in it, I don't see her getting beat unless she's just happy to take a few hundred grand for one appearance and have Asuka throw her out or something. But Well, um, here's the horrible thing is if she does win, then she has to keep competing and she's not ready to compete. So I don't know if, if they wanted that sort of a cheap, you know, short-term pop, I suppose. But I hope to goodness that's not going to happen. I might riot at the, at the walkabout in Cardiff. That's all I'll say. <laughs> Walk out, everybody. Peter Grigio will fly. <laughs> We're looking for the, uh, the, sign, the signs all over Cardiff. If Ronda wins, we riot. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I'll well, make it all with glitter and macaroni on it. Okay, so if, uh, if, if you're saying no to that one, you don't, want to, you don't want to hear it, you don't want to see it, uh, what's your alternative? Who, who's your favourite going in? Um, I've heard Asuka. I, I'm not her biggest fan in the world, but I think that would be cool. I mean, she is still undefeated, am I right? Uh, yep. Yes, yeah, for many years. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, in, in a fantasy world, I'd love to say that someone would debut that's an NXT girl like my girl Sage Beckett. I would love if she just showed up and just dominated, and it's like, who is this girl? And she wins, but I highly doubt that they would do something that, you know, unorthodox. Um, you know, I, I think any girl like Asuka or, or someone who's really proven themselves over the years um, you know, Alexa Bliss, a Sasha, um, Bailey, it's a shame Paige can't be in there. But somebody that's, you know, I mean, Natty is, is my personal favorite. Natty or Charlotte, maybe, um, to win it. But, you know, anyone that sort of makes more sense to, to deserve to win. And this is, this is our first winner of the Women's Royal Rumble. Why on earth would we have it be someone who, 
is probably not even going to be much of a wrestler after after you know the Royal Rumble. Let's be honest. I'm not saying Ronda Rousey, Rousey can go off in this great career, but you can't tell me that she's so seasoned now that she deserves to win the Rumble and then she's going to be this great wrestler on Raw every week. She's how how often how how much could she have been training from this point? Me personally, not being a wrestler, I know more than anybody how hard it is to to get in there and do it. I personally didn't like it. It was it's it's a really rough. Um, sport to be in so I have nothing but respect for these girls who do it so I think it would just be kind of a slap in the face if, if she were to win it <laughs> to be honest fair enough no I like, I like no, no sitting on the fence there no I like no, the, no. The strength of the opinion is uh, is something I like um, yeah. uh, you, you're going with that as a uh, as your kind of fancy Paul but um, do you understand because you're, you're you're certainly much more of a, an MMA enthusiast than, than I am what, what, what do you see that she would bring you know give us give us a counter argument a little bit of a you know a playing devil's advocate on, on the four side of things well the only the only the only way you can justify it is the fact that she would bring more eyeballs and more um more mainstream press than anybody on that roster male Very or female yeah. um and if they've got her under contract and she turns up and wins then it will be all over every news outlet the next the very next day and yep. they do I, whilst I see your point of view, Val, and agree with it to an extent, the phrase that springs to my mind is a ri- uh, rising tide raises all boats. Uh, and if she can bring that level of attention to WrestleMania, um, then it's good for whoever she's in the ring with because they're going to suddenly become a mainstream name, much more so than if they were just facing, you know, like you say, Natty, as good as she is, as great as she is, she's not going to be getting any press from ESPN for what she does. But if yes. she's in the ring with Rousey, she becomes a household name overnight. Yeah, very, very true. And then that, that is why there is a, definitely a, a possible chance. I don't say, you know, when people ask me on Twitter, I don't say, it's never going to happen. I just kind of say, I hope to God it doesn't happen. But, but you're right. I think <laughs> I, I personally wouldn't like to see it happen. But in terms of PR and things like that, it makes it does make a lot of sense. So we will see. We shall see. But um, just generally, um, is it um, – we've, we've kind of already addressed this a little bit, but um, – it feels, doesn't it, that we're in a position where this feels legitimate. There have been eras of, um, of wrestling previously where there's been a lot of girls in there that haven't been ready. Like you talked about Eve Marie, they've been thrust into the action, and that's happened at various different points. Had we have done this 30-woman battle royal maybe five, six, seven years ago, I'm not sure there would have been the talent on hand to have done it, and it would have been a bit of a car crash. But it feels really cool that we can say that you can legitimately find 25 to 30, and probably more, actually, if you really pushed it. What were the people yeah. that were involved in the May Young Classic? You probably can find the talent, and that's really heartening, isn't it, for the, for the business at large? Sure. Absolutely. I, th- I think that's what makes it so exciting, too, is it's, you know, let's be honest, I, I always, you know, I'm a big uh, advocate of the diva era and the girls like, you know, the Tori Wilsons that weren't very serious wrestlers, but I loved the photo shoots and that kind of stuff. But let's face it, if they tried to do that when I was, you know, becoming a fan in my, in my heyday, I mean, like we were saying, the best years, I think, for like 2001, for me personally, it would have made no sense. You would have had, you know, tops flying off and, and the cat over here and, you know, just, you know, which back then maybe it would have worked but now it's it's nothing like that it's it's serious these girls are going to give it their all and there's not one person in there sorry except for maybe ronda rousey that doesn't deserve to be in there and that you know is is really 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 talented and has given their life to wrestling so um yeah and again i, I don't want to sound like a, like a rousey hater like i said I'll, I'll be honest not a fan but um you know i don't i don't wish anyone ill will and i don't see the uh the, the i do see paul's points about the pr points of it but um, you know, but like I said, I, I would like to see someone maybe like a Natty or, or Charlotte win it. Even Asuka, I think with her undefeated streak, it would be exciting. But, you know, we don't know. And if it was an obvious winner, it wouldn't be nearly as exciting. So that's that's for sure. 
That's a very, very good point indeed. Um, what about some uh, in the uh, the, me- the men's rumble? We often talk about the surprise entrance, and you mentioned previously we're talking about 17, 18 uh, ladies that we know of so far. So uh, who have you got in mind, perhaps for a bit of a, a surprise nostalgia pop, right, as opposed to an NXT rising star? Who do you think? Well, for- Go ahead. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, because you know what the the Raw 25 episode not having nearly as many women come back could either be a precursor in the sense that okay well you know they're not trying to bring a lot of women back or it could be that maybe they were saving some of these women for the rumble instead like you know there was no mention of lita um i was disappointed to see there was no victoria i mean to me she was such the the strong female character when i was growing up and obviously she's a friend of mine as well but i'm talking even if i didn't know the girl it's just she was someone that was such a constant in it and, and you know shaped a lot of girls careers that i thought that was weird not to have her in it i would love to see victoria in it um you know, I, I don't know if Ivory would be in it, but um, Trish, I don't, you know, did, did she say she was going to be in it? We don't know yet. No, I don't I don't think so. Um, that would have been cool. There was a, a you know, sort of a theory, again, like you say, about her turning up on Monday. Does that mean that she's not going to be in it? They would keep it a surprise. Or, again, if, if she's in it, you know, does she need to win? You know, is she, is she going to make a comeback for a WrestleMania appearance and do a bit of a, a one-off? I doubt that somehow. But uh, sometimes you just feel that the name is big enough that... Um, they might be tempted yeah. to, to have her do something like that. Um, I said uh, previously on the podcast, what about perhaps uh, Beth Phoenix, just for the sheer fact that that would mean she would have been in the first person to have been in both Rumbles, because obviously she was one of the females that's been in the, the male Rumble, so I just thought that would be a, the kind of thing that they'd like to see. Yeah, I, I think she, she's one of the ones that came to mind after Trish. I thought, wow, you know, she's somebody who, again, has been in the Rumble. I actually just watched that one recently. Um and, uh, you know, she'd be someone that – it just depends, though, you know, what she's doing with her life. A lot of people, I always say, as Paul and I have had this conversation, that when you sort of either by choice or just by what life's circumstances, you're sort of out of wrestling. A lot of people are very offended by that. But it doesn't mean that say, – say she was asked and she decided not to do it. You know, she's a mom now. Maybe she's doing other things. She's having other business ventures. Busy girl, I'm sure. Um, you know, so she's not in it. I don't think that people should assume that she doesn't have her heart in, you know, in the business anymore. It's just that people's lives go on. I think it would be really cool to see her in it. But again, with everybody that they contact, it really just depends on where they're at in their life. And if they think it would be a good career move to do this one match or to go back or not. I've heard rumblings of Caitlyn as well. Um, to be honest, I wasn't watching WWE as much when Caitlyn had her run. I think I was kind of way too entrenched in TNA and understanding our product. But I know that she was a big fan favorite. She's a really sweet girl. I've met her before. And she would be a, an exciting uh, entry as well. Indeed, yeah. And just to mention Beth, I think she was, um, she's been commentating on the Mixed Match Challenge. So I think uh, she's, she's, oh, kind of, she's in the fold a little bit at the moment. Uh, I haven't seen any yeah. of the episodes yeah. of that yet, but that, my understanding is that she's involved with that. So uh, it would certainly be one that they could... Uh, just mention uh, briefly in her ear if she, if she fancied it, but uh, like you say, did the fact that she's not yeah. w- wouldn't be in it does not necessarily mean that uh, it's not her uh, ambition anymore. It's just uh, yeah. we, all, we all move on. Well, that's the thing. Yeah, and like the physicality of it. Like you know, maybe she's decided you know um, which, you know we all get flack for like whether you wrestle or you don't. They say, well, when you wrestle, maybe she's actually kind of not in the same frame of mind where she wants to wrestle. Maybe she physically shouldn't be wrestling anymore. We don't know. But if she's involved, I mean, that kind of gives us hope that maybe she would be back in it. But again, you don't know somebody's physicality, um, you know, if she's able to do it or not. I mean, these girls, they go through so much with their bodies. And, we, you know, it's so evident, like Paige recently having an injury. It's so touch and go that, you know, if I were Beth Phoenix, I would look at it and think, do I risk this again? You know, so it's, it's very, um, it's a very personal choice. Without a doubt. One more name I just want to bring up, um, if I may, because it's someone that, uh, that I know you'll know. Um, 
whether you want to call her Karma or Amazing Kong or Awesome Kong, Kia, oh, call her what you will. Um, what do you think? Um, is, is, is she a possibility? Where is she in her life now? Do you think that could be a possibility? I think in a way it makes sense because of Glow, and then in a way it doesn't make sense because she's involved with Glow. So, you know, looking at your at your life on a piece of paper, you know, say if, if you're Karma, Kong, whichever one, who's a great girl, you know, she might look at wrestling and say, this was great for me at the time. Now I'm doing this show about wrestling. And, you know, she was just at the, I think it was a SAG Awards or a, or a big um, award show recently. She might be really trying to sort of, you know, um, move her career in a direction that doesn't include uh, wrestling in, in WWE. You know, some people see that as a step backwards, shockingly enough, that might piss a lot of people off in terms of wrestling. But again, it's it's a personal career choice because it might not make sense for her career-wise to go back and do something that she's kind of already done. She's already been in the WWE. But in a way, because her show is about wrestling, you know, Glow, it would be great advertisement for Glow. Um, she would just be so exciting to come back and, you know, she would just clean house, I'm sure. So again, it, it's a personal choice and I think it'd be interesting to know what's going on in her mind to see how she would weigh the options of, of pros and cons of being in the Rumble or not. I personally, selfishly, would like to see her in it, though. Um, Paul, any uh, any names or theories to throw into the hat? Well, I think it's so exciting because there are so many possibilities. There's so many areas you could go from. I yeah. think Victoria would be awesome in there. I think she'd be absolutely fantastic. Um, one other name I think that we might well see is Alundra Blaze, Medusa. Um, oh, oh, yeah. She, you know, she represent that prior era. Um, she still seems to be in fantastic shape, even if she's just in it for a couple of minutes. I think that'd be a really nice touch. Um, you remember the old '90s WWE, the, the male Royal Rumbles, where we used to get some sort of older guys in there. You know, you got Mil Mascaras or Carlos Colon and people like that. So why not Alundra Blaze? Um, who else? I like. I would like to see. You you guys touched on Awesome Kong and the Glow thing. Would it be quite fun to see one of the characters from Glow in the Royal Rumble? So oh, yeah. not necessarily the actors, but one of the characters going in there. Um, just for something a little bit different, a little bit off the wall. Um, yeah, there's, t there's tons of Tony Storm or one of the other girls from the uh, from the May Young Classic, Piper Niven. I think there'd be, there's, there's so many possibilities. I think it'd be awesome. I I love your idea of a character from Glow. I would mark out so big because I absolutely love that show. That would be same. Just book for WWE, Paul, because that would be amazing. <laughs> I love that. Oh my, God, would, would, would well, oh my God, that would be so cool. Can't promise it'd be good, but I'd certainly be able to make Raw 25 better. I could do that just by throwing Please. ink at a piece of paper. Please. Uh. <laughs> I'm, try I'm trying to trying to think of any prior occasions of. Uh, Television characters being booked in wrestling, and I can only th I can only think of Zeus and RoboCop at the moment. So uh, <laughs> I was thinking of David Arquette. You know, there there's been some weird stuff. But you know what? I will say whether it's the women's Rumble or or the male Rumble, I, the last few years I have been a little disappointed in the lack of legends and the lack of like comedy acts. It's kind of like Kofi will do his thing, or you'll kind of have a little bit of comedy. But back in the day, it was so fun. There were like it was a big handful of guys where it was like, oh my God, I can't believe he's still around. You know, it was this huge uh, thing. And I, and I feel like the last few Rumbles, I will say, have been a little lackluster in the sense that, okay, we're on number 26 and we've seen like no comedy. We've seen no legend coming in. I mean, Hacksaw or, you know, someone hilarious, Bob Backlund, something. Um, I hope that they, they give us some variety this year in the male and female Rumble. 
I, I, I would absolutely echo that. I think um, I'm interested in something Paul just said actually about uh, whether Medusa Alundra Blaze would be in it because one thing we have seen them do from time to time is that little spot face to face and it's that, that across eras. So whether it's um, you know whether it's an actual match that they built to like like Rock and Hogan or whether it's a WrestleMania segment like they've had with them um, uh, Michaels and Austin and Mankind you know recently I absolutely could see that. Imagine if if Trish was a surprise entry and if. Alundra was a surprise entry and Charlotte was a surprise entry or whatever and the three of them were yep. all in the ring at the same time that would that would be pretty damn cool yeah. wouldn't it that would to just see that visual of the uh, the different eras all and even even if it was in in one bump out you know just to have that visual of um of those different eras across yeah. that would be really cool and you know what it shakes it up too like this is the thing is now we have two rumbles not that I've ever been I've never really been bored in a rumble where it's like oh my god will this thing end but the point is just like with a wrestling show as a whole when you mix it up and you have a little bit of comedy here a legend there you know a little debut there and something unexpected it really like freshens it up and it makes it really more uh, so much more exciting so I think just for the, the entertainment value to, to have a little sprinkling of all that stuff would make this the perfect rumble stew if you will <laughs> Rumble stew. I like that. That's like a, a new version of disco stew when he's moved on to a more, ed- only, a more edgy character. Get it walkabout Curtis. Superb. Yeah, you're gonna have to work on that one, Paul. Call them. Um, call Cardiff Walkabout and get uh, see what I can do. Something organised in the next uh, two days or so that we've got in between. Oh uh, man, it's it's fine. I've got I've got absolutely nothing on my slate for the next 48 hours, so I'm sure that's not a problem. I'm gonna say your like your January has been <laughs> swell so far, hasn't it? So. Uh, Oh uh, man, I'm sure you've got the time. Um, let's move on to a little bit of the rest of the. Um, in fact, I tell you what, you just mentioned um, Raw 25 there. Paul brought it up. Um, Val, you groaned along with Paul. Let's uh, let's have a chat about that. We haven't really mentioned that yet. So uh, I'm taking by your two reactions that uh, neither of you are the fan. Let's start with you, Paul. You're not 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 a fan, sir. No, you're going to start with you're going to start with the, the most extreme reaction of all. I think I. In terms of hype and expectations versus delivery, I don't think I've ever been more disappointed in a WWE show. Um, I was looking forward to this so much. I thought there was going to be some great moments, and it was just—I'm sorry. I, just, I, I love—I love WWE more than you know. I, I can always find the positives in so many things, but it was just so lazy. You know, like there was a few bright spots, like Austin McMahon was fantastic. They've, their chemistry is never going to change. The, the the APA stuff was good. It was a good Roman Reigns against the Miz match. Um, love the fact that the Miz went over fairly clean. But then you got like things like when the old general managers came out or the or the women oh, from yesteryear, and they just came out on the stage and waved. Um, yeah. You bring Chris Jericho in, the hottest star in wrestling at the moment, and he just does a backstage backstage skit with Elias to warm him up for John Cena. I just, I, I, I just can't. It was, I felt robbed when I, when I realised I stayed up to four a.m. to watch it. I felt robbed. Uh, I have yeah. so, so much to take you to task on with that statement, but I'm going to hold back for the time being. Uh, Val, over to you. You back in pulls up, pulls opinion up. I am, but I'll, I'll be a, I'll be a little more gentle, only because you know. And again, I'm, I'm happy to give my honest opinion. I, I swear to you guys, when I turned thirty, I know I've said this to you before. I just started to go. You know what? I have an opinion. Here it is. Boom. <laughs> I feel like uh, in my old age here. I feel like I wasn't mad that I stayed up exactly, but I was, I was pretty disappointed. It, I, and I have to say, it, it's not that. Oh, I had these great expectations. I thought it was going to be amazing. I thought it would be very good. 
And that's about it. I didn't think it'd be amazing, but I thought it'd be very good. And, and, and I also gave myself um, an allowance of, of being a little disappointed because I honestly, um, I didn't feel like I was as up on the storylines as, as I have been in years past, you know, 18 year old Val would have, you know, known every single in and out of every storyline. So I thought, okay, you know, you're going into this, you've missed a bunch of bras lately. So, you know, kind of, I did some recapping and then I watched this one and I thought, you know, I agree with Paul that I loved, you know, sort of the APA. I, I'm, I'm somebody who, again, my, my kind of uh, heyday was 2001 ish. So like the APA being backstage was hilarious to me. Um, I, I felt a real lack of Foley that kind of, I know that not everything can be helped, but that was kind of, weird uh to ha not have him there when he was such a big mm. part of raw for me um yeah i, I will say that and I, I made an entire post on instagram dedicated to the fact that i was so thrilled about tori wilson coming back because you know with all due respect to the girls who are more serious wrestlers i loved tori wilson i loved she was like my she was my whole kogan in the sense of like the ultimate babe you know i wanted to be her and do photo shoots and be you know girly and be more of a manager and you know tori and trish particularly for me looking up to those girls, I, I, just to have them come out and almost like a Hall of Fame sort of thing, just stand there and wave was like, really? I mean, I, I wondered what they would do with the women. I thought maybe that, you know, not to get my hopes up, but I thought maybe they'd have a few backstage segments or, you know, they'd crash the um, the, the girls match and be like, this is how we used to do it, do it in our day. And, you know, you kind of get a little sass in there. It was just, you know, a museum of girls that used to be there. It was it was really disappointing. That, that really disappointed me. Um, I did like the Finn Balor uh, DX thing. Again, it was a shame Kevin Nash couldn't be there for, for reasons that he couldn't help with his uh, surgery. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I just, and, and then, you know, the fans being so unhappy in the Barclays Center, it was, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Manhattan Center, it was so obvious. And uh, I, I feel for the, the people that felt very, um, you know, ignored there in the Manhattan Center. They got a lot of great stuff, but the Barclays Center was really where to be. And yeah, I, I wasn't mad that I stayed up, but I was kind of like, Wow, I stayed up for that. Oh, okay, you know, wow. <laughs> right, I've got to work wow. out work out where to start here. First of all, <laughs> uh, your cynicism um, post thirty. Well, I'm sure me and Paul can identify with that. We're, we, uh, yeah. What do you say? When we turn thirty, Paul, that'll probably happen to us as well, won't it? I turned yeah. thirty. The original XFL was coming out. <laughs> <laughs> You'll see, kids. <laughs> oh no, I've got, I've got to, I've, I've got to tell this story. Paul's probably already seen this on, uh, on Facebook, but uh, uh, I had a, uh, I got, I'm sent a message last night uh, on Facebook. It said, uh, so and so, I won't say the name. So and so wants to connect with you on, on Messenger, and it was actually a, a girl I'd met sort of, sort of seven or eight years ago, and I thought, well, that's interesting. I'll click see what she's got to say. It was an invitation to an over 40s singles night. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I am I am 33 years old. That was not the one I was expecting when I opened that one up. So you can you can imagine I'm feeling pretty good about myself today. Um, Let's crash it. Let's crash it. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that that aside and post 30 cynicism overside, I want to say, Paul. First of all, it shows how I think this is indicative of how heat has gone out of wrestling matches, how heels really struggle these days, because you just described Roman Reigns losing to The Miz as relatively clean. He took the um, turnbuckle pad off of the middle rope and slammed his head into it. That is a heel move. That is heat. That is not winning clean by any stretch of the imagination. But you've got so used to people doing all sorts of shenanigans now that you've got attuned to things wrong. So first of all, I'd say that's a... I'm annoyed with your um, observation, but I can understand how you've been desensitised to things. Um, but as a raw overall thing, I absolutely think that the, the biggest problem here, it feels like that no one realised that the Rumble was on Sunday. 
it feels like when this all got booked, let's do an anniversary thing. Let's put it on the yeah. In, let's put it in yeah. two places. Let's go ahead and do it all. But then they've gone. Oh, but we've got to do something with Brock and Kane and Braun, and we've got to do something here, and we've got. And you start looking at the matches and going, why are we seeing this? And because they had to do some build up to the Rumble, but they also tried to get all of these way too many legends in, and they had two sites. It's like basically they just did a month's worth. What I think what they should have done is made January. The, the, the anniversary not just one show but all of the shows in January and you could have had four weeks worth of which legends are going to turn up this week you know what old nostalgia thing can we do this time it would have been so much yeah. more fun to spread it over four weeks and if you'd have done a really good job on the first one then I think you could have held people each week you'd have been gone wow who's coming back this time but as you say someone like Trish coming back onto Raw should be a huge deal not to diminish any of the other ladies that were on that stage but she was the biggest star out of all of those and she was yeah. quite rightly front and centre and whatever but walk out wave and go home it's like wow what did they pay her for that and was it worth her you know coming out of her way to do it because you know hello and as you said Paul about Chris Jericho you know big stars that we're getting out here to have very little um, I thought that was very strange but if you'd have had one of those a week or a couple of those a week so much more time to breathe there'll be people this week going did you did you enjoy seeing MVP on, on Raw and you go MVP was on Raw and so it was just yeah. kind of so lost in things and it's like I thought that was a, that was a shame but I did think that overall I thought there were plenty of I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it I didn't think it was as good as I was expecting I certainly felt very bad for the guys in the Manhattan Centre that paid a lot of money and didn't get yeah. a lot of TV but to me there were plenty of fun stuff that, that I enjoyed and I didn't think they did you know, too much harm to the Rumble build up I was kind of okay with the show but I, I take both your guys points in terms of expecting the world But I'm trying to remember what show was it do you remember when they, they did the big Nexus thing at the end Mm. That was what was that? Was that fifteenth anniversary or was it that Raw one thousand or what was that? that was no, it. it was um, it was just a uh, they had well, it was one of those what I can't remember what they call them, but where they have the viewers' choice where you could vote for who the matches are going to be. Right. Um, oh, uh, they had a name for it. I forget. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah, just, it was that was definitely not, a special, and I remember it yeah. being two hours and fifty eight minutes of the worst television. And then one of the hottest angles in 20 years. And everyone looks back at that and goes, oh, that was an amazing angle. And it was like, it was probably the worst show of all time. It's a little bit like the... But yeah, I wish you were booking there. I wish you were booking there, just like I said about Paul, because that was such a great idea to spread it out. I didn't even think about that. Why not spread it out that, okay, you know, this is the 25th anniversary, but we have... You could have had so many things and building it up and building it up. The thing is, you know, like, with, with no disrespect to Elias, I personally, I'm not a huge fan of his yet. I... I I don't really get it. I think he's all right. But, you know, for example, him, the amount of time that segment, whether it's his fault, it doesn't matter whose fault it was. Well, I guess it probably does. But the amount of time that segment took up and they could have had anything else happening. The point is this guy is on Raw. And I'm sure he should have been included. Yeah, great. But he has every damn week to get himself over, to get his, his airtime. And you took so much time with him as opposed to these legends who are never there to right. a Trish that, you know, just stood out and waved. For example, I mean, just that little segment that lasted such a long time, I was like, "Really? Yeah. Wow." Yeah, full, I fully agree with that. I think that's a, a really, really sound point because I thought it was good. I thought it was a really decent little segment. I thought he did a good job. I thought his personality sure. showed well. I was pleased that someone got something over Cena. It made him seem, seem a bit of a bigger deal. But yeah, we could have done that any week, couldn't we? Out of fifty-one. Yeah. And that didn't, have to be, didn't, didn't have to be done this week. Aside from multi Sunday is the uh, the highlight of your uh, calendar, I'm sure. But uh, post that, you're uh, you're keeping yourself nice and busy. What else have you got going on? I. Yeah, I am indeed. You know, I do a lot of fashion stuff now, but since we're, you know, since we're talking wrestling, I'll, I'll kind of hone in on the wrestling stuff. So on um, February 9th and 10th, I'll be at WAWUK and Bellatrix Female Wrestling. If you're not familiar, that is uh, Paige, WWE's Paige, uh, her family, the Knight family. 
Um, and the shows will be broadcast on Fight TV. I, I'm not sure if you guys know, but well, you do obviously do. But whoever's listening, Fight TV uh, is is a free app to download. There's tons of wrestling on that. We've got Evolve Wrestling coming up next month as well. Um, but as far as my appearances, yeah, I'll be at WAW. I've got WrestleMania weekend that is just, I mean, every year is crazy for me, but this year is going to be bigger than ever. We've got, I think there's 20 shows that Fight TV is involved with this year. I'll be wow. signing at WrestleCon. I'm hosting Shenanigans, uh, Kevin Nash party. I've done it maybe four years in a row now, which basically just means I'm on the mic doing shots with Kevin Nash, as you do. Which is, I mean, <laughs> is there a bigger honor than that? I mean, in that same vein, though, um, I'm also looking forward to the Jericho Cruise. That's in October. JerichoCruise.com has all the uh, information. Every It seems every week they're adding more people to it. We've got the ROH um, tournament at sea. We've got, it's, it's Jericho's uh, Rockin' Wrestling Rager, and it's just, I mean... There's Amazing. the amount of people that are that have been added to this thing every week gets bigger and bigger, and it's weird because people are, are just so excited about it, and it's it's so far away. But that just shows the magnitude of how big this is going to be. There's comedians, there's Fozzie that's going to be playing. Obviously, Jericho is is the man of the hour, but I'll be the cruise director. Which again, how I got this gig, I don't even know. It's just I'll tell you actually. How, here's an exclusive for the podcast. Jericho literally said, "Okay, Val, if uh, will you come on the boat and have some drinks and announce some stuff?" And I said, "For you, my friend." I will do that. <laughs> what a hardship. What a hardship. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so between, um, between that and, and WrestleMania weekend, you know, I, I post all of my appearances on, on Twitter at SoCalValerie. That's kind of my main, my main social media channel. But first up is the Walkabout Cardiff party. I love Cardiff. It's such a fun town. Actually, my husband and I had our first date in Cardiff, so it's going to be very nostalgic and cute. But, um, <laughs> but I'm there to watch wrestling, and, and I'm there to meet some people that um, I hopefully – you know, we'll get to bond with over this historic first ever female women's uh, rumble. And just again, it, it's my favorite pay-per-view. I'll say it again. If you don't even like wrestling, you're going to have a good time watching the Royal Rumble. So I'm, I'm thrilled to be a part of it for Hooked on Wrestling. And I think that um, out of all the pay-per-views, this is definitely going to be the most fun. There we have it. If you're anywhere near Cardiff on Sunday, why would you not go and see the wonderful SoCal Val hosting Hooked on Wrestling's party in the Cardiff walkabout. And if, wherever you are in the country, we've, we've talked already in this show about some of the fantastic hosts we've got. Please make sure you come along uh, and enjoy the show with us. We touched on it in that little interview with Val, but it is basically the second best thing you can do other than perhaps being there live is to come along and join with us. Um, we say it on a quite a regular basis, Paul, but that story that came up during that uh, that interview about making friends as you come along is really, uh, is really the best thing about Hooked on Wrestling, I think. Yep, absolutely, and it's great that guys like Val, who haven't been with us for very long, have seen the exact same thing. So hopefully we, we try and be as inclusive and as friendly as we can. The crowds are awesome. So everyone, whether you're coming in a bunch of 10 or 15 guys, or whether you've not got anyone to go with and you haven't got any other wrestling fans in your regular day-to-day life, get yourselves along, be along with like-minded people, and you know let's, let's have some fun. Should I tell you a place where there are no friends? <laughs> do tell Wolverhampton but another place where there's no friends is in the I don't know why I said that just because my mate Rob Lee's listening hi Rob um, but uh, yes yeah, so there's no friends in the Royal Rumble as you've been told year on year they say friend versus friend foe versus foe and it's like foe versus foe is quite common by the way folks um, but uh, yeah there are no friends there are just enemies in the 30 man over the top Royal Rumble match the 
best thing of the entire wrestling year, which we say every year, and then forget that the last few have been a bit shit. But um, generally speaking, it's been a fantastic event over the years. I'm still looking forward to it. Actually, I think the last couple have been not bad. It was just a couple in between that were uh, yeah, uh, a, yeah. a, a little bit dismal. But last year's was a pretty Agreed. good rumble. Um, so um, we have managed thus far, me and you, um, to avoid all betting lines and spoilers and so forth. I have no idea if the betting says that there's a 1 to 20 favourite. I have no idea if they've got 14 people all on 3 to 1. So um, we've done well on that score so far. I believe it was... Uh, was it Hooked on Wrestling's George McMenemy that uh, let it slip last year, or was it was it Paul Stone? I forget. It was one of the two of them that, uh, right on the button of the rumble, said, have you heard about all the money that's coming for Randy Orton? And we went, ah. But uh, generally speaking, what I like about this year's rumble is that there's not really huge out there candidates. We've in in recent weeks we've put some uh, some names out the front as uh, some suggestions, but uh, I quite like the fact that we're only a couple of days away and it doesn't feel obvious to me, Paul. Yeah, I do too. Like at first, it was a little bit sort of grating that we've only got what maybe 15, 16 names, something like that. Um, it was a little bit odd, but then when I think about it, yeah, it just opens the door for so many cool surprises. Um, yeah, it's very conceivable that the winner of the Royal Rumble hasn't even been announced yet. I think as, a, as being in the match. I mean. Yeah, I think there's a very fair chance that some of the people in the Rumble will be also on the show. So I would, you know, suspect that like Seamus, Cesaro, Owens, Zayn. Possibly, yeah. You know, I, I could see at least, you know, a clutch of you know of four to six of people that are engaged elsewhere on the show. Um, being in the Rumble but I don't think any of them really stand out to me as winners I think they'll be plausible contenders possibly the ones that they're, every year there's something in the UA you think could have a chance but are realistically you think they wouldn't I'll come on to that in just a second actually I've got a bit of an opinion on that but um, I want to try and go in there nice and early with this one Paul who can win who, who are at the top of your bracket of you can say they've got no chance they're almost certainly got no chance and they're a maybe but who are the bracket? It could be two people, it could be ten people. Who's in your bracket of contenders? That's a really interesting question. That's what I'm um, I would say, I suppose, the one, that, the one that sort of stands out to me, and again, I like the fact that we, we just don't know. There's no um, there's no standout one, but I suppose the one, if, if I had to pick one of the names that's been announced right now, I think I'd lean towards Shinsuke Nakamura. Um, I think he would be seemingly the most likely, um, either him or Finn Balor. So I suppose, yeah, if you're asking for a couple of names, it'd be Nakamura and Balor as the two that I'd be thinking. Um, Balor was not necessarily one that had come into my brain a great deal until Monday. Mm -hmm. um, yep. Just the very inclusion with Triple H, with the uh, with the DX thing, the Two Sweet thing. Um, how cool was it, by the way, that the Manhattan Center were not only doing the Two Sweet, they were doing the Marty Scale Two Sweet. Did you hear that? Yes, I did, yeah. The, the little whoop-whoop in between, I thought, was there. Marty Skull making an impact in the Manhattan Centre, folks, and he's never even wrestled a lick for WWE yet. Um, I, thought <laughs> was, I thought that was wonderful. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was just one of those ones where I thought, that was a... They've stayed quite coy with Balor. I've always thought that they think something of him, um, and not just the fact that he looks like Theon Greyjoy from Game of Thrones, but he's just in, in the back. He's in the background, what? he's doing it. He does, look at him. Um, but he's just there in the background. He's doing his thing. But they always make him look pretty decent. And then they had him in a, you know, a bit of a, a rub spot, didn't they, on the, on Monday with the with the DX guys there. Did indeed. Uh, so I think he's suddenly come up into my top bracket. I don't think I'd have had him there before Monday. Um, but the other thing is, if he wins, now he's a raw guy. 
isn't he? Correct at the moment. I'm not being stupid, yep. am I? Nope, he, that's he's right. A, he's a raw guy at the moment. Um, so that would mean um, Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. Now, except he or, wouldn't. Or Brock Lesnar, or Kane, or um, or Braun Strowman. But I'm not. I'm not feeling that at all because we think that we're going to get to the Reigns v. Um, uh, Lesnar match. But so if Balor were to win, do you feel that they'll just go ahead and say, okay, he can choose whatever champion, and they'll just kind of forget the rules? Yeah, um, um, the rules are really ambiguous. I'm not sure that's a hard and fast rule anyway. Um, they've had plenty of time, plenty of uh, plenty of precedents in the past where guys can go over to the, to the other show. Um, the the main one I'm thinking being uh, being Chris Benoit. Oh, okay. Batista as well. Yeah, of course. Sorry. Yeah. Um, and I think did Rey Mysterio do it as well? I'm not sure. I'm not, good, I'm not good at tracking them, but certainly the no, what they used to do is they used to say the winner of the Rumble has his choice. That was how it was yes. built. And then I'm fairly certain last year they said the winner of the Rumble faces his brand's champion. Well, I, if they I, said that, that's fair enough. I, I can't think... agree the way. Um, but yeah, I absolutely think if if Finn Balor was to win, he would be switching to SmackDown. No question. And we have the groundwork for that. Not only with the. Uh, the too sweet thing that we just talked about and the history from New Japan um, but we've already seen AJ Styles versus Finn Balor um, it was a good match but not a great one um, Balor won correct? yep yeah because there was the whole thing about uh, uh, about AJ um, oh hang on did he win? did he yeah. win? yeah because AJ, AJ flew in didn't he? that's and right so, so Balor won and we remember saying okay AJ's got the out because you know, he said I was on a plane all day, sort of thing. So sure. that was the out. So you can sit here now and say, well, okay, if Balor wins the Rumble, then he can say, I want AJ Styles because I know I can beat him. I've beaten him once, and I'll do it again. And Styles can, you know, prove that he can, you know, get one over Finn. And I think that that suits very nicely. So, um, funny enough, you've said Nakamura, and Nakamura has been one I've been sticking with for the best part of six weeks. And just yep. as you take on Shinsuke Nakamura as one of your favourites, then I'm sort of spinning towards Finn Balor. So I think we're both both happy with those two. So we've, we've decided that those two are in our uh, top section. I'm going to throw in one more. I'm going to throw in John Cena. Um, if in doubt, Cena wins. Um, I still think that the Cena winning his 17th championship feels like it would be built for something like WrestleMania. Um, I am far from convinced about the Cena Undertaker thing that everyone seems to suggest although I, I certainly wouldn't rule it out um, I could see Cena versus AJ, they know that that match works um, it wouldn't have to be the very top of the pile but you know you'd get a great Wrestlemania match out of it and Cena wins and wins his title um, I could see that I think that's a very 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 plausible methodology yeah I can too, like like you hit the nail on the head if in doubt, when well, there's no clear winner um give it to Cena because it's quite interesting and quite exciting when he does it but I would say I would bet against it but it's always there in the background if you need someone to go to isn't it and at the same time if in doubt Cena what about if in doubt Reigns I just don't see it I just don't see it um, it's clearly the most logical option based on the fact that we, we pretty much know we're getting Reigns Lesnar at Wrestlemania Um but for some reason, I'm just not feeling that. I just don't think it's the right time to do it. Um, we'll see. We talk, will see in a few short days. The talk has been all along that we think it's going to be Reigns versus Lesnar at WrestleMania, but it's too obvious for, for Reigns to go over again. And again, it's in Philly again, isn't it? Which is where he got you know, booed to hell last yeah, time. They is. won't do that again. 
will they? And do you know what? The longer it gets to the match, the more I'm thinking that, okay, Nakamura is my choice that I've been with for ages. Balor is one that I would like to see. Cena is kind of a bit of a hedge your bets one. But if you said to me, you know, here is X amount of money that you've got to invest, you know, all the money goes to charity or some such thing. Um, if you're giving me level odds on everyone that's in the Rumble, I'm back in Roman Reigns. I just have this horrible feeling that we're going to be sat here next week. Well, we would be sat here next week. I'll be, I'll be sitting smug now because I've mentioned it. But otherwise, we would be sitting here going, why didn't we just go with the obvious? Because that's the obvious. So, Fair enough. I, like I say, I, the only reason I don't think it's going to happen is because Elimination Chamber is a raw pay-per-view um, between Royal Rumble and... Uh, and WrestleMania, ah, and I just don't, I don't see Lesnar being in the Elimination Chamber. I could be wrong, uh, but I'll, I just, I just don't, I don't, I don't think so. I look forward to Elimination Chamber when uh, we're only two minutes into the match, and Braun Strowman tips over the entire Elimination <laughs> Chamber <laughs> and maims the front nine rows. Oh, how funny would that be? Basically, right. Didn't they just come up with a couple of weeks ago? The best thing that we have right now on Raw is Braun Strowman tipping stuff over. That's basically what Raw is now. What can Braun destroy this week? And so, why the devil would you not do that? I think they should just basically have a, a, a section. You know, you used to have segments where you'd have a bit more. You'd have like, um, you know, Dean Malenko would take someone to dinner or something. Yeah. Or, you know, or there'd be some sort of skit, skit outside of the building and you'd have to follow these people on a on a date or the APA would go to a local bar or something like that. I think they should take Braun Strowman to, I don't know, like a, what's, what's an American version of B&Q? Like Home Depot. Home so, Depot, yeah. I think they should take Braun Strowman to Home Depot after hours and it'd be like supermarket sweep and just say, you've got, you've got two minutes, just, just go nuts. <laughs> just have Braun Strowman destroying things. This, I'd like that. That'd be better than John Cena's Open US Challenge. Where can we take Braun this week to smash things? It would be like the Booker T, Steve Austin supermarket section, but with just one guy. <laughs> just Braun Strowman, I'm not finished with you yet, frozen pea section. <laughs> I like the idea of uh, Braun Strowman as the new host of Mastermind. So not the, uh, I've started, so I'll finish. <laughs> I'm, I'm not finished with you yet. That would be, uh, that would be wonderful. Oh, um, love it. In fact, is he a contender? I mean, we have to look at him. You know, he, that, the, the, the narrative of someone like Braun, if he doesn't win the title match, which we would expect him not to, so mm. you take Braun out of that. So let's say that Brock Lesnar pins Kane. Braun chucks in, I was never pinned, and demands he's in the Rumble, beats someone up backstage. And if he's in the Rumble... He's one of those people. We talked about it with Val there. You know, if, if Ronda Rousey or if Trish Stratus or someone like that are in the Women's Rumble, do they have to win? And it's like, if Braun Strowman's in the Rumble... No, I know he was in it last year and they found a way of getting him out. But it's, you know, it, does he have to win if he's in it? And it's like, I, I could see that. I, I, I don't, I don't yeah. see the path to WrestleMania. That's my issue. But, you know, I wouldn't rule him out. He'd probably be in, in my second section, I think. Probably not my top contender section, but my next one now. In an ideal world, he should be winning the Royal Rumble and then taking a title off Lesnar at WrestleMania. That is the most, based on the year's booking and how the fans are reacting to him, that is what should be happening. He's got got over really well. The cherry on the cake to turn him into a, a long-term star would be this WrestleMania win. And in years gone by, it would be an absolute no-brainer that that was what was going to happen. But we live in a different world. Um, and so, no, I, I don't think we're going to see him win it. 
Uh, I, I think we'll probably see him in one or two matches at WrestleMania. I think we're either going to see him against Triple H um, in quite a straightforward. You know, you can understand where the feud started. That had to kick off quite soon, but I think that'd be fantastic. Or I think we might see Braun Strowman win his first bit of silverware by beating the Tar out of the Miz. Oh really? I thought I thought you were going to say the Andre the Giant Battle Royal then, and I thought that's a bit of a no, a low no. bar. Oh, you think you think I see title for Strowman? Oh bloody, I, that's a match that is for Miz. I think that would be a very logical way to put Strowman over, give him that crowning moment with some gold, make the belt look better give Miz some time off I don't know the dates about his um, the upcoming baby um, situation but I know he's filming that new Mr and Miz's or whatever you call it uh, for USA Network so maybe it would be an excuse to give him some time off bring him back as a baby face which is happening whether you know whether the WWE wants it or not he is too good and against all odds God knows how but has turned himself into a beloved respected figure and rightly so by the way he's been brilliant but you wouldn't have you wouldn't have bet on that 10 years ago would you no, um, no by no means but he, he has become so well respected so well loved for his work that when he next goes face it's going to be a good, very good face run and it's going to be a long one and that could be then I think you'll uh, I think you'll find the, the, this new show Mr and Mrs Miz or whatever it's called I think this time last year when we were building well not this time last year but when we were building up to Wrestlemania I was quite keen on calling the match um, John, John, John Cena and his wife versus Miz and Mrs. Mrs. so I think uh, <laughs> uh, a slight assist to me there on that one but uh, not that I tend to take credit for stuff uh, oh, no. except um, except lots of other things like I invented Batista uh, uh, Bautista and things like that <laughs> um, and other things but um, uh, <laughs> moving on um are we happy that that's the, the contenders done is there anyone else that plausibly could win I don't think so no Undertaker um no no straight no no, no straight no okay fair enough um here's a little theory no it's not it, no it's not a theory because I, I don't think they're going to do this if you look through the entire list of Royal Rumble winners let's say from Flair onwards um, uh-huh. As in taking away the the Duggan and, and John Studd um, ones from the start, and we'll talk to uh, to Hacksaw in there in just a second about his uh, his early Royal Rumble win. Um, but and we also talk about the fact that it wasn't back then a um, uh, a title opportunity. Oh, it was in no, 1992 uh, when Ric Flair uh, won the vacant uh, won the Royal Rumble for the vacant title, and then the year after, Yokozuna became the first person to win a title shot. At WrestleMania, um, since then, you know you can very a very quick run through of all of the um, the winners, and this is very much top of my head. But you're talking Yokozuna, Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold Steve Austin more than once, Vince and all that stuff going on. You've got The Rock, you've got Austin again, you've got Triple H, you've got Benoit, you've got Mysterio. These are not necessarily in order, folks. Um, you've got Randy Orton, you've got John Cena a couple of times, you've got Batista, you've got Triple H again, you've got Roman Reigns, you've got Sheamus, Alberto Del Rio, Lesnar, Edge. Has every single person that's won the Royal Rumble since Yokozuna been a champion? I think they have. I don't think anyone's ever not won the title. I'm not saying they all oh, went on. Gone on to be the champion. No, I'm not saying they always went on to win it at that WrestleMania, but everyone that's won it has either won at WrestleMania or at least gone on to win in the in the future and pretty much all of them have been pretty big stars and in the recent history it's been won by established stars 
Triple H has won a Rumble. Randy Orton's won a Rumble. I would argue that Roman Reigns was already a star by the time he won the Raw Rumble. Um, you know, Batista obviously returning was already a star. Um, it's an it's been an established named thing over the last few years. Previous to that, Sheamus and Del Rio um, won the Rumbles, um, but Sheamus was a favourite to win that Rumble and was already a world champion. And you could see Alberto was on the rise. I'm not sure he was everyone's first choice for that Rumble, but you could see the plausibility. I'm saying where we are now with WrestleMania, and we've talked about this on the show a few times, um, is that we quite clearly have a top... Let's assume that the rumours are true, folks. We quite clearly have a top three or four matches for WrestleMania. And they are, essentially, Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns, number one. Um, let's say it happens, John Cena versus Undertaker, number two. Um, I would say anything that Triple H is involved with is high up on the card. If Ronda Rousey is involved, it's high up on the card. You could argue that the world title match, AJ Styles versus whomever, is fourth or maybe fifth on the WrestleMania ranking. Would you agree with that, Paul? Yep, absolutely. Um, and I don't think that's a new thing either. But right. yeah, yeah, no, you're quite right. Okay, so in that case, where having the Rumble winner does not necessarily mean that you have to be you know, going with a big star because they're going into a main event. Is this the first opportunity, realistically, to go with someone you're not expecting? And I don't mean just for the hell of it. I don't mean like when Zack Ryder won the Intercontinental title in the ladder match. I'm not saying you chuck in someone completely, oh, he's not going to win. You know, someone that we just talked about, Elias or someone like that. I'm not saying that that sort of level. But I'm saying, you know, what about Cesaro? You know, what about someone of that sort of level? What about Bray Wyatt? What about, um, you know, what about um, Rusev? You know, what if someone like that won the Rumble? Someone that you're high enough on, that's experienced enough, that could go on to do a match with AJ Styles, and it would be perfectly plausible. They're, they would look like they could be a main eventer, not beyond the realms of possibility that they could... I'm not, I don't really include Bray Wyatt, actually, because he was the champion going into Mania last year. So scrap Bray Wyatt. Um... But certainly someone of that Rusev Cesaro sort of level. Maybe yeah. your, your third tier. So I'd say not your big Undertaker, Cena, Triple H sort of stars. Not your Shinsei Nakamura, you know, um, Finn Balor level of stars. Maybe even Sami Zayn. Although I don't think Sami Zayn winning the Rumble is a very good heel. Maybe if Sami Zayn was a babyface right now, um, it would be fun. Although Sami Zayn winning the Rumble and being kind of pseudo babyface, because you'd get a cheer for it. Imagine a run-up to AJ Styles versus Sami Zayn. A, you're going to get an absolutely magnificent match, and B, imagine Kevin Owens seething because he's not, you know, because he's not the actual, not the actual champ. Not maybe the you could e guy. Maybe you could even go with some sort of angle that early on in the AJ versus Zayn and Owens match, Zayn gets carried off or something like that, um, or is out of the match for some reason, but later on appears in the Rumble and wins. And Owens can throw at him, you know, where were you to help me, you know, earlier, but then you come out and win the Rumble, and then you've got that sort of tease going on, but when you're building up to AJ versus Zayn, I'm overthinking, it's never going to happen. But I'm saying this is the year. If there was every year where they could go, sod it, let's just give the Rumble win to a mid-carder for the sake of giving it to a mid-carder, and then for the next ten years of the Rumble, whenever you're watching it come down to, say... Rusev and Roman Reigns, you can think Roman Reigns might win this. Uh, sorry, Rusev might win this. Or remember when it came down to Triple H and Dean Ambrose? Who actually thought Dean Ambrose was winning that Rumble? Do you know what I mean? 
But if you just throw in something, even in the years gone by, the last two being Hogan and Mr. Perfect, or, or things like that, you would actually have... The last person that was really a, quote, mid-carder to win the Royal Rumble was probably Shawn Michaels in 1995, who had was one of the best performers in the company and a multi-time IC champion and was clearly going somewhere but he had not gone to that top level yet he probably only went there because of the fact that there was no one else around if you look at that that rumble it's the worst rumble in history for star power but you know he might be the last person to have you know won a raw rumble where you went okay he's not really been to the dance before and that's 22 years ago so i just think this is the time if there was ever a time this is the time well, I think you're right. And if you remember, we did have this exact conversation two weeks ago when we had Ash Rose on. And I brought up the exact thing. And I said Rusev would be perfect because he's credible enough, but you wouldn't expect it in a million years, but you could turn him into a main eventer just like that. Um, and you're right. It would, it would be an investment in Rusev and it would be an investment in the future of the Royal Rumble. And this year is the perfect year for it because there's no there's no obligation for that Royal Rumble winner to carry the can at WrestleMania. They can sit in the mid card or just above. Um, I think it'd be great. I think it'd be really, really good. And I'd love to see the two guys you mentioned, Rusev and Cesaro, are, are spot on. And I think Rusev would, would just be just so good in this role. Um, and it, they could crow about it forevermore. I'll give you another. I'll give you another name for it, Bobby Roode. There you go. That, exactly. That, that kind of winner. Listen, is it is it going to happen? Seriously. Unlikely. No, I don't think so. I think the nearest we can we can get to hoping is someone from that what we might call second tier, and that probably includes Shinsuke Nakamura and Finn Balor. So there they are. Are they the official hooked on wrestling choices? I would say there are official two horses in the game, wouldn't you? We are going. We are going Balor uh, and Shinsuke, and then when this time next week it's one of Cena or Reigns, we'll go. Well, we did say that. So <laughs> We've done what's uh, officially known as covering our backsides, there, folks. There we go. Um, quickly, Paul, anything else on the uh, on the card that uh, that takes your fancy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, the, we've, obviously, we've discussed the women's Royal Rumble in in fairly decent detail, but I'm lo- absolutely looking forward to both of the tag team matches for very different reasons. I think they'll be awesome. So the SmackDown title match, you got a two out of three falls match, which I'm an absolute geek for um, love a good two out of three falls match and these two teams you got on one side you got the Usos who I've said in weeks gone by are arguably the best tag team in the last ten years anywhere in wrestling in my opinion big words uh, sorry big words yeah well I think they're that good <coughs> I think they're absolutely phenomenal especially this persona that developed over the last years with the gangster sort of vibe that they've now turned into a babyface act I think is brilliant I think Shelton Benjamin and Chad Gable have really... I don't, know really well, I don't know how they've done it exactly, but they've turned into a really good heel unit without really doing much of anything to do it. They've just become sort of slightly bitter and twisted. Um, and both of these guys should, on paper, be baby faces, but they're really not. And they're, they're doing a good job of just being those nasty, bitter, overlooked guys that can talk a big game and back it up in the ring I think we're going to get a brilliant match out of these four I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic then on the Raw side again you've got an amazing amazing tag team in the challengers the bar Sheamus and Cesaro they just get better and better and better and then um, I really do like the um, the dynamic between Jason Jordan and Seth Rollins 
Jason Do- Jordan has, you know, it's, it's clearly, you know, that this has been the path since he became Angle's son. I don't think they were trying to turn him into some white meat baby face. I think there's always been vaguely the where they wanted to be. But how they're getting there with him is really, his character is so strong about him just being this disingenuous over you know guy who's in over his head and wants to take a lot of credit for for everything essentially and Rollins playing the sort of veteran guy who's a little bit more cynical and who's seen it all and sees how it really works I think that they play off each other they've fallen into a really good situation with those two so I think it's gonna be I don't think the match is gonna be as good as a Smackdown one but I think the story will make up for it so very much looking forward to both of those um the two title matches on the show less so if I'm honest I think they'll both be interesting um, fun matches because I like most of the guys involved with the two matches with the exception of Kane who has no place in a WWE title match or main event segment in 2018 I think it's ludicrous but I think they're all five talent five guys who really deserve to be there they're going to some very good matches so yeah I'm I'm looking forward to the whole pay-per-view mate I think it's going to be a really good show it really should be how interesting to see Gable and Jordan in tag team title matches, but not on yeah. the same team. Totally. I wouldn't have thought you'd have seen that, would you? And uh, and how much is the uh, the word alpha knocking around these days? It's American alpha, and then Jericho calls himself the alpha against the Omega, and there's Vince's new company, isn't it? Alpha Entertainment. So uh, that really is uh, the word at the moment is uh, alpha. Just uh, only just we've got to get our friend Alpha Female into uh, into the <laughs> rum- into the women's rumble on Monday, and then it'll be right with the world. Um, there we go. Just uh, just a quick one, just to uh, to round off this little section. I want to uh, ask you about a surprise entrance. Of course, by the fact that um, we are suggesting that we be able, would be able to predict them, it actually precludes them from being a surprise. But apart from my pedantry, um, is there anyone that you would see as a possible surprise entry for Sunday? I'm going to keep. Um, I've got three. I think I'm going to go with three. I'm going to stick with the hurricane that I mentioned a few weeks ago again. I think I don't know why. I think the fact that Matt and Jeff are around, I think I'm going to stick. I, I think it'd be a good comedy character to have in there. We haven't seen him for a few years. Hurricane. Um, I'm going to go with um, Rob Van Dam as the second one. I think it'd be the Philadelphia connection. I think you mentioned a few weeks ago that he was retired, but that's not the case. Um, no, I never said that. I never said that. He's wrestling. No, in, he's wrestling in Plymouth. Yeah, maybe it was Ash that said that. Anyway, so anyway, Rob Van Dam. Um, and my third guy in fact no I'm going to go fourth actually I'm going to go four third guy would be Lashley and the fourth based on recent events shall we say how you doing um, I think we might see the return of Neville oh I thought you were, I thought you were going to say Big Cass then I thought is he fit yeah Neville <laughs> Neville I think he might be back to fill a hole that suddenly appeared um, unexpectedly so yeah they're my four Lashley Neville Rob Van Dam and the Hurricane. I like Lashley a lot. I think in terms of, in terms of a, as a guess, um, I almost wouldn't include him as a surprise entrant. I mean, it would be a surprise, but I'm saying that's more like a return for me. I think if Lashley comes back, I think Lashley throw Lashley into the mix for you know for for, for WrestleMania matches. You know, Vince always thought a lot of him, and um, you know I could see Lashley getting involved, you know, somewhere reasonably up the card. Wouldn't shock me that. Um, you know, if he has a good start, depends what his reaction would be like. I'm not sure he'd be greeted with the the hugest of welcome reactions he's one of those ones that despite never really doing anything really wrong I'm not sure the crowd ever really took to him so um, no. I think uh, that might be the wrong place to uh, to bring him back but I certainly could see it I don't think he's uh, affiliated with um, with TNA anymore with Impact I should say so um, 
Um, I think that's a very, very good chance indeed. I was thinking Van Dam. Um, I wonder if it's a little bit too obvious that he's been there. He's been there a little bit, but there's actually not many of the uh, the old ECW era ones to do. Is that you could maybe go Tommy Dreamer, but they've gone that route before. In fact, I think it might be the last time we were in Philly they did Tommy Dreamer. They um, did Bubba Ray Dudley when they were in Philly last time. Oh, they did. I was was Dreamer yeah. on it as well. I don't think so. Okay. I don't think so, but I have done him in the past. I know what you yeah. mean. But um. Yeah, Bubba Dudley made a lot of sense, didn't it? And so you kind of start to think of uh, ECW era ones. That's the automatic ones you think of for Philly, but I'm not sure I can think of all that many. So what I'll do then is I'll go to the other Philly promotion and I'll say, is this a time where just it might not be for, you know, for a long run or anything like that, but what about Adam Cole? What about Adam Cole from NXT coming up? Or, um, you know, even if it's just for one, because Dillinger didn't come in for the... That wasn't his call-up, was it, Dillinger? He came in for the Rumble and then went back down to NXT again. So. That's right. That's right. I dare say we will see um, an NXT um, entrant in there, and Adam Cole could be the one quite well, easily. It fits. It fits so well in Philadelphia. If you just need another body to, um, you know, to get a cheer out of the crowd. Sure, so, uh, it does. Yeah. I'll uh, I'll go with him, and it just might be a nice little trial if they gave him ten or fifteen minutes interacting with your your Kofi Kingston's and Dolph Ziggler's of the world, and just showing that he could hang I think that would be a, a good start for him before we move on I've just got one more question for you okay uh, and uh, we, let's not discuss these um, and give loads of options because I think we want to keep it nice and pure but tell me who your number one and number two are and you can either have, tell me who you think will be number one and two or who you would have as number one and two oh crikey um I'm trying to remember what I said in the sheep quiz now when we did this question in the uh, in the famous hooks on wrestling sheep quiz. More about that in the next couple of weeks, folks, when we do the uh, the new sheep quiz. Um, but uh, oh crikey, um, who would I have as one and two? I, I, I'd like it when they have someone that's number one or two that lasts quite a long time. So I would think I actually think if I wasn't going to have Finn Balor win, I'd like to see Finn Balor high up as a one, two or a three and, and be a real, you know, stay 50 minutes and put in a great showing. Um, because I like it when they do that and they can, you know, really say that this guy can, this guy can go. He's got something about him. They've done that before with people. So if he's not going to win, let's just chuck in Finn as number one. Uh, and who would you put? There'd be a fun little end for opponent for him for a couple of minutes. Go on. There's, there's your Adam Cole. Let's put Adam Cole in from the start. I like that. I like, there's been a few other rumbles where they've done that, and they've done, you know, some of the workhorses, the people that we would have in the past said, icy title guys, you know, in the first six, yep. seven, eight. So you, you'd have rumbles where you'd have Punk in early, and Brian and Ziggler and Cody and people like that, where you'd have them in there, relatively early. So, yeah, okay, I'd, uh, I'd, you know, one of those. So, all, and like I say, if if uh, if a Sami Zayn's or a Kevin Owens, you know, has been beaten earlier in the night, I can see them getting an early number and moaning that Shane's against them because Shane's given them an early number. There's that story as well. So there's a, there's a, there's a few. I, I think it's a very, a very hard one to call the uh, the early numbers. Well, have, you, have you got two in mind then? I've got two pairs that I'd quite like to see and I'd be happy with either of them. I think one of them would be Bray Wyatt and Woken, Matt Hardy. Right, yeah. Just so you get interested in stuff. I think that might be one. But my pick, my favourite pick, I would like to see any two of um, the three members of the New Day. Okay. Well, what do you I think, think it'd be cool. We've never. What do you think they would do? Well, you, think never... would re... you think they would wrestle, or do you think they would stand there and wait for yeah. the next guy? 
And then have a little wrestle, and then they'd wait for the next guy, and it'd be even more interesting because the next guy was the third member of the New Day. That would be interesting. We're a little bit into too cool country here, aren't we? Is it, would they, would they just dance around, or would they fight? But uh, you know, Rikishi and Too Cool had the little dance, and then Rikishi knocked their asses over. So, uh, uh, good shout. Um, I, part of me doesn't care for that kind of thing because it seems so contrived. You know, what I mean, it's like I know it's a little bit like saying, you know. One, two, three, four, five, and six are never going to come up in the national lottery. Well, they've got just as much chance as any. But you know, realistically, the chances of the two new days being one and two, you go, yeah, come on. And I think you've had, haven't we? We've had the demolition have been one and two, I think, and the Hardys of the Hardys been um, next to each other at one and three before, and the Steiners were one and three or something. So I well, know it's it's happened something before. Something along those lines. It's happened. Yeah, before. demolition. Demolition. The only ones I can think of were outright one and two. You know what would be quite fun would be to have almost like a a little mini war games. So you could have like number one is Big E and number two is say Luke Harper. And then number three is Kofi Kingston, and number four is Eric Rowan, and number five is Xavier Woods and number six is Bray Wyatt or something like that and just have like a little it feels like each one is kind of teaming up and then someone else comes down to even it out that would be quite fun that would be quite good fun yeah I can get, I get where you're coming from Just with that a, a little early on battle but uh, <laughs> I guess I'm not going to bog myself down too much in there uh, in it. but here's the thing that's a, that's a good little segue I think you've got a you've got a little wager for me haven't you on Sunday I'm not saying this that the, the ladies and gentlemen can join in but uh, we can perhaps give them an idea if they're playing along at home or at one of the hooked on wrestling parties are you going to are you going to is this, reveal is this, this? The... Is this the one we are doing with uh, with you, I, and Harry? Yes. Yeah, right. Okay, so here's what we're going to do. Um, and feel free to join in, guys. This is so, our version of it. You know when you have like a, a Gillette Soccer Saturday drinking game or something, when Jeff says this, take a shot, that kind of... Although I'm suggesting you get drunk at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. But I'm saying you have these little games that go along with when you're watching stuff on the TV, Eurovision Song Contest or something like that. Um, this is Paul's little idea for the Rumble, and I quite like it. Go ahead, mate. Yeah, well, we're just going to do some very um, small stakes just to keep this for fun, basically. But essentially, what we're thinking is we're going to do a game where there's three of us playing and we all have to, each time a new entrant comes into the Rumble, we have to, before they come out, before the music starts, we have to nominate who we think that guy is going to be. Um, and we all take it in terms of alternating, getting first choice. So like, I might say Roman Reigns. Rob might say Bray Wyatt and Harry might say Mojo Scott Mo, whoever else and we all get a turn we get 10 turns to pick first 10 turns to pick second 10 turns to pick third but we can't all we, none of us could pick the same one it has to be three different individual guys now if your guy comes out and you get it right you pick up the pot of what's in the pot at the moment but if nobody gets it right you all put a pound into the kitty so it's three pound, and then if nobody gets it right the next time round, it's six pound and nine pound and twelve pound, and so on and so we forth. We should say I'll... we should say play for your own stakes. So if you want to do five p yeah. or ten p or, or twenty quid, depending on what a high roll you are. And we uh, and then when someone finally does get it right, that person takes the pot, and you start again with the next number. So I think it'd be quite a good fun way of um, of of putting some added interest in the rumble like I say we're not talking massive money stakes here we're just doing it because you know pounds a nice round number but we think it'd be a right laugh so just feel little, free to steal that if you want just a little suggestion for you if you're uh, wanting something to add intrigue to your royal rumble and uh, you can add I'm not saying we're going to do this but you can add little extras on so maybe maybe you're not allowed to say 
the name of one person more than three times. You know, you're only allowed to have a go at that person a few times before uh, you can't just say say a name until he comes out. Um, or perhaps uh, you you get double money. You can put, play a joker at some point. And you can say this one's worth two quid, or you could do one where you where you get extra you get extra money if, uh, if it's someone that's not announced. All sorts of things. There's lots of ways you can um, uh, spice it up and do something a little bit different. And I tell you what, maybe just maybe you say that uh, you can put down ten times the odds if you get it right, and you say that the next person is going to be the first ever winner of the Royal Rumble. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Now, I don't think, from what I got uh, in speaking to him the other day, I didn't get the feeling that uh, that old Hacksaw is going to be uh, entering the Rumble this year. But one never knows. Um, but what I what I can tell you is that uh, I spent half an hour or so in the company of a, of a Hall of Famer, a true legend, a hell of a nice guy. Uh, and it's uh, if you're ever around uh, when Duggan is on a show, um, he's still wrestling at a grand old age, although he accepts that it's uh, much more the entertainment and just. Uh, Waving the flag and saying hole and using the two by four is uh, is just enough for him these days. Uh, he is a very funny guy, great comic timing, and uh, the Q and A show and the, the stories that I uh, heard him tell uh, the show with uh, Big League Wrestling in Yeovil uh, was really fun. Um, so, without further ado, Paul, I'm sorry to make you sit out for a little bit, but it's a long way for you to come from Leeds down to Yeovil. That's fine. So, uh, Paul will sit this bit out, but this is uh, from earlier in the week me talking to the first ever winner of the Royal Rumble. Mr. Hacksaw, Jim Duggan. Uh, so we're here in Yeovil, and it's our second week of the Hooked On Wrestling show in association with the Sun, and it's, uh, I'm proud to be sat here with the first ever winner of the Royal Rumble, and it's Royal Rumble week, and it's Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Jim, how you doing? Well, thank you, Rob, but you know the first thing Hacksaw Jim Duggan has to do is give a big ho! <laughs> kind of fires me up nowadays, gets me going, but uh, great to be here talking with you, my friend. I'm glad I didn't have to uh, get you to do that at some point, because I was thinking, he's going to do the ho at some point. <laughs> oh, I got so all, you, That's you, why I always ask Rick Flair, you know, Rick always goes, woo! I'm like, Rick, are your trunks too tight or what? It's more like a ho! <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Well, let's get straight to it with that one, because... Uh, I want to make a point. I'm going to try not to ask the, the obvious questions. Sure. Like things like the uh, why are you called Hacksaw, why did you do the USA thing? Because for a start, it's out there, it was in your Hall of Fame speech and all that kind of thing. But I'm not sure the whole is quite so well known. So wh when did that start? Was that something you did from right from the beginning? Well, I joke, I tell folks, one time I got a big giant splitter in my thumb from my 2x4, and I went, oh! <laughs> but no, not really. I, it was just, I was just uh, back in the Mid-South Territory. I was a heel. I would just yell at the people, and they would yell back at me. And it just kind of devolved into, when I turned babyface, the ho, and they started hoeing back, and it just kind of stuck. I say, so it's a great thing to have, is that, I mean, you've got several of those. Obviously, you've, you've got the board, you've got the flag, and you've got the hoe. Is that, with, with the greatest respect, it doesn't matter how old you are, what point you are in your career, you've got something, and you've got an interaction with the crowd. It's amazing the, uh, uh, the people remember the golden age of professional wrestling. You know, the WWF, Hulk Hogan, Macho Man. You can still name ten guys without thinking about them. Mm, Bret Hart, yeah. uh, Jim the Anvil. I mean, you can go on and on. But that was the golden age, and I was just lucky enough to be part of that. I do a lot of appearances all over the world, and I can be sitting some with some of the current WWE guys, like Hacksaw. Any other wrestlers here? I'm like, yeah, this guy's a wrestler, that guy's a wrestler. But people just remember that WWF, and it's, and I tell you, sometimes it's very humbling. You know, you you be uh, just the other day, I was at an autograph session up in Swindon, mm -hmm. and you know, there's this big tough guy in line way back in the line. I'm signing autographs, signing autographs, finding this big hard tough man come up to me, he shakes my hand, puts the grippers on, he goes, Hacksaw Duggan, 
me and my dad, we used to watch you on TV and you got misty-eyed. Oh, wow. I mean, it, it's humbling to have folks remember you like that because, you know, I mean, how many bands can you remember from the 80s and 90s? How many sports players? But uh, folks, remember Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake, Junkyard Dog, and really thank goodness Hacksaw Duggan. That's fantastic. And like, like I said, just to begin with, um, we're in Royal Rumble week. It's a, it's a big part of the calendar. And um, whatever happens, whatever goes on in the future, you'll always, be, always the, uh, be the first ever Rumble winner. Tell us a little bit about that. Do you remember, remember that vividly? Well, you know, that was right back in the height of the WWF. And back then, you know, they just started doing pay-per-views. You know, we only had first just WrestleMania, and they expanded to the top four, SummerSlam, Royal Rumble, Survivor Series, yes. and WrestleMania. And uh, nobody realized, of course, how big Royal Rumble would become. But I don't think back then anybody realized how big the WWE yeah, or F would become. I mean, uh, it's a worldwide phenomenon. I do a lot of charity events with the NFL guys in America. I'm like, world champions? <laughs> Where in the world have you boys been? You know? <laughs> Since I've wrestled, I've wrestled in every state in America, every province in Canada, in 30 different countries. Wow, it's uh, amazing the appeal of wrestling around the world. And I joke, I said, oh, sounds the same in America, sounds in England, same in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> and I've even, I've even I've seen clips and I've been at shows where you've been appearing over here and uh, you, can, you can still get the USA over, even though you're in London or something, oh, they'll charm USA you, with you. This whole tour, uh, just, uh, I had three wrestling shows over here. Every night the folks chanted USA, and I stopped the whole show. I take a bow and I said, hey, folks, thank you very much. I mean, talking about it, making a man feel welcome in the country. <laughs> to chant USA in England, I, it, it makes, makes me feel great, of course. Well, it, it says a lot about, uh, about your character and uh, how, how loved you are. Um, but just going back to that, uh, that rumble, I, that was... Was that the one just before? I wasn't quite on pay-per-view at that point. Was I think it was the, that was the first pay-per-view. It was on pay-per-view. Folks talk about uh, John Studd and uh, they had a, like a test run. But right, okay. I, I wasn't really aware of that, to tell you the truth. Yeah. I said, it wasn't a Royal Rumble. If it wasn't a Royal Rumble, brother. Well, it, was, it was most definitely the first Royal Rumble. I'll fight anyone when it comes yeah, to that. They've yeah. had a similar match format. And of but, course, um, that's the biggest feather in my cap. Ooh. You know, I joke. I said, I wasn't world champion. I wasn't intercontinental champion. I wasn't tag team champion. I was lucky to win a match. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I was the first ever Royal Rumble winner, and it's a, a great honor to have. And it's a great trivia question. You know, who won the first ever Royal Rumble? Absolutely. I keep popping up. So. You do, you do. And uh, have you had a few... Um, Guest appearances and stuff, haven't you, since? Because he's been yes, the, 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 yes. mystery, the mystery guy, here he is, Hacksaw. Yeah, Hacksaw, I should have done it, I tell you. And like I said, to come out and have the, uh, you know, the people all, oh, in USA for an old-timer, because, you know, I joke, in the WWF, I wrestled Dusty, DiBiase, and Orton. In the WWE, I wrestled Dusty's kid, DiBiase's kid, and Orton's kid. Fantastic. So at first I beat up the old man, then I beat up the kid. <laughs> <laughs> so any, any sins of the fathers, you can yeah. pay it back well, on you the know, son. That was something I was very proud of. I think I'm only uh, one of the very few, maybe Jerry Lawler, the guys yeah. that had made that transition from for that period of time. Mm -hmm. and. Uh, I think now I'm still one of the last of the old timers to get in the ring. People say, Hacksaw, you still wrestle? I said, well, I go to the ring. I don't know if you call it wrestling anymore. But that's when I go down to the Performance Center in Orlando for the WWE. I tell the young guys, at my age, I have very few physical attributes left of any, mm -hmm. but I can still entertain a crowd. It's more than taking bumps, you know? Yeah. And so there's a ring presence telling the story. And it's, it's much more to it than just bump, bump, bump. I think you're right. And the amount of people that will be, listen, I'm not having to go anyone that's got great athleticism and timing and moves and all that kind of thing, but you can have the best flips and the best moves in the whole world. But if you haven't got the connection, 
Yeah, you're done. If you don't have that, and it's not something you can learn, it's just something some folks have. I mean, you know, Daniel Bryan's a great example. When I first met Daniel Bryan, I said, there's no way this kid's gonna make it. Mm. He's small, he's not nothing, you know? But there's a guy that had the work ethic, the desire, and the charisma, and came out to be a huge star. And the beard almost as good as yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it brought us all back to the beard deal, so yeah. And of course, any rub with the WWE is huge. And, uh, you know, and I had a good experience with Vince. You know, so many guys, I just did a talk show in Atlanta, Georgia with this young kid, and he just got fired from WWE. And he's like, that Vince McMahon, he treats us like pieces of meat. I'm like, well, son, what the hell you think you are? <laughs> you want a friend, go buy a puppy. You know? <laughs> Vince is your boss, he's not your friend. And if you want to be successful in our business, you got to work for Vince McMahon. Indeed, I mean, it's the, it's the biggest show in yeah, town. Yeah, I respect Vince, says, like yeah. I said. I mean, the, the guy, he's one of the first men at the building. He's one of the last guys to leave, even at this stage. You know, I think I, if I was him, I'd be living in the Cayman Islands somewhere, <laughs> just chilling out and let Triple H run it. But he's very hands-on guy. That's incredible work ethic, doesn't he? Very good work ethic. And, he, you know, he won't do nothing. He won't, he won't ask you to do something he won't do. You know, mm -hmm. if he gets hit with chairs, he gets hit with bedpans. I mean, you know. <laughs> yeah, he's, not, and he's, not, he's not above making a fool of himself as well. I think that's the thing. Is that right. If he was all high and mighty, that'd be one thing. But him and Stephanie, they all make fools so, of themselves on TV. They all do the deal, right. Yeah. Um, just one more quickly on the uh, the first rumble there. Um, can you remember being told, you know, when it was that uh, you you were going to win it? Because obviously, yeah. as you say, the I first was one, shocked huge see. prestigious thing. What was it like when you were told? Well, I, I was shocked, of course. I mean, you have all the guys in the WWF at that time to be chosen to win the first ever Royal Rumble. I, I was in shock, to tell you the truth. But of course, back then we were working, you know, 50, 60, 70 days straight without a day off. Right. Yeah. So boom, you know, we drove into the town, we did the Royal Rumble, we all got in our car and drove to another show. And so he didn't realize, you know, he didn't really realize the immensity of it. And, mm -hmm. and now, it, even years ago, to come back around WWE and around the Royal Rumble and see what it is, I think I appreciate it much more as an older guy than I did as a young guy. I, yeah, I want it, great, let's go on to the next show. Yeah, sure. Where now I'm like, hey, Royal Rumble. Mm. And it, the show itself developed over the years, didn't it, of course, because um, I think it was 93, I want to say, was the first year that it was the, the winner went on to be the, the right. main event. Yeah. Made. I suppose the year before was Flair winning and winning the title, and then oh. the year after was, was the, um, the number one contendership. But um, it was still a prestigious event even from day one, wasn't it? Because, as you say, the small amount of pay-per-views, you're basically, you're the headline guy of the whole show. And the whole show. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know if I would have won it back then if back then you went on to face for the title. Mm. Because, you know, WWF, he, he got the marquee kind of guy. That's, you know, Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, you know, a lot of hair, good body, you mm -hmm. know, handsome guy, you know. You know, I'm kind of the working man type sure. deal. So I don't know if they would want to groom me for the world championship. So I don't know if I would have won that if the <laughs> next guy would have gone to the world title. So I'm kind of happy that didn't <laughs> happen. <laughs> you mentioned there a few people in the little bracket just then, um, and it made me think that, now, these days there are there are a lot more belts around. There's more TV when the belts change hands more often. Lots of pay-per-views. Lots more pay-per-views. Um, so there was an era where you can name several people, and if they held any titles, it was maybe a, a tag title. But you guys like yourself, um, Bam Bam Bigelow, the Big Boss Man. Um, think of the people like that, Roddy Piper, even though he's an IC champion, but never the world champion. Yeah. So many people that didn't have a great yeah. Jake title. Jake Roberts. Jake is another great example. So many people that never held, but it doesn't, 
doesn't mean they're not held in the seat. The belt is, at the end of the day, a prop, yeah. isn't it? Well, some guys need the belt to kind of bring them up. I mean, a character like Jake the Snake Roberts, or being a hacksaw, or the junkyard dog, I mean, the character carries itself. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, that's my deal, because I, I could work with a world champion, and I could beat one, two, three in the middle, but I get my two by four after the match. I hit the world champion, I hit the referee, I chase the timekeeper around, so I ended up in the ring, ho! And I could get my stuff over. So that's the deal I would say. I don't care if I win the match, long as I win the fight, tough guy, you know? <laughs> and so my character lended itself to that. Excellent. Um, let's go back a little bit more in time. Is there anyone such as me and my, my sort of generation will probably likely remember you from your WWF run from sort of the late 80s onwards. But Tell us a little bit about Hacksaw before that, oh. in, in, in terms of where would you say, if, someone would, if you were to show some tape to your grandchildren that's not WWF, where would you say that you were at your best? What territory? Mid-South territory. Mid-South, yeah. Mid uh, I bet 80% of the WWE Hall of Fame guys came through Mid-South. Yeah. I mean, because Bill Watts was the owner and, the, and the, he was a taskmaster. He'd wrestle maybe 10, 14 times a week. He'd wrestle double shots, he'd wrestle two or three times a day. And also you wouldn't do one generic interview you do it each end in each individual city. You do an interview for, yeah. and so you not only learned your ring work, but you learned how to talk in the microphone, which is a big part of our business. And uh, and if Bill didn't like it, do it again. Mm -hmm. And I mean, when I first started, that it's very hard coming out of football. You know, I got the shoulder pad and helmets, and ten other guys around me. The fans are fifty yards away. All of a sudden, I'm in short shorts and pad and leather boots. <laughs> the fans are right next to me. So it, it took me a while. And I didn't start wrestling until I was 25 years old. So okay. working with guys like Jake, uh, Ted DiBiase, uh, Kurt Henning, the guys who are second generation wrestlers are always a little more polished. You know, okay. they grew up in the business. And so I, I give Teddy a lot of credit. I learned a lot from DiBiase. I said, Ted DiBiase may be the greatest technical wrestler in the sport, but he can't fight a lick. <laughs> <laughs> and of uh, course, he was the he was the one that um, inducted you, wasn't he? In the, in he the Hall of Fame. In the Hall of Fame. Still I, great I wrestled, friends this day. Yeah, I wrestled Ted thousands of times all over the world, and uh, he, he's very good. And back in Mid South, we were. Uh, I came in as a heel. We were the Rat Pack. It was me, him, and Matt Bourne. Mm -hmm. And then uh, when Teddy went to Skandar Akbar and turned against America. That's when I turned uh, babyface, and boom, it's uh, been a babyface run pretty much since. And it's, I kind of can't imagine you being anything else. There's some people that just, their act, if, if I could call it that, lends itself so perfectly to being a babyface. I think of people like, uh, like Sting or like Rey Mysterio. As mm. I, I can't really imagine them being a, being a heel, but right. did you enjoy it when you got to do it earlier in your career? Not really. I, I enjoyed being a babyface. Yeah. I really did. Uh, you know, actually, that's where the, the two-by-four came from back in the day. You know, it was uh, before it was sports entertainment, you know, uh, in uh, West Texas, Louisiana, that southern area. If you thought, if you wanted to try one of the wrestlers, you sign a waiver, you come up in the ring with us. Okay. So, I mean, you had to fight every local tough guy every once in a while. And just getting back and forth from the ring was very dangerous. You know, the people spit on you and kick at you and punch you because they hated your guts. So I'm sitting back in the dressing room all covered with loogies and bruises. <laughs> Bruiser Brody comes in, who was kind of my mentor, and he goes, Dougie, he says, if you carry something to the ring, carry something you can use. Forget those feathered boas and sequin robes. And I just looked at him like, well, here, here's a piece of wood. <laughs> I came out, I came out yelling, waving that piece of wood. It was like part of the Red Sea, the people scattered. I got to the ring like, this is great. <laughs> it's been carrying it ever since. And of course, it, it's, you know, I, Jake was a good friend of mine, and 
I'd go to the arena, I'd walk into the arena, I'd say, somebody find me a two by four and get him a 10 foot python. <laughs> he, he had to drag that snake around wherever he went. <laughs> yeah, that was much, it was much, that must have been fun for him going through airports and stuff. What have you got to say? Oh, it's just a snake. It's just a 10 foot python, yeah. Well, that's all. <laughs> um, but, yeah, the board has obviously been a, a big signature for you uh, over, over the years. And is it, uh, I'm trying to put this in the right way, but would it sometimes be a bit of a, a crutch in, in terms of, oh, if I'm, if something's not going well, I can go to the board. If it's something I can hold up, I could use. It's a, if you're in a bit of a sticky situation and the crowd aren't reacting, it's something that you can go to, isn't it? Right, yeah, but hopefully they're reacting without the board, I'm, brother. I'm sure they would do most uh, of the time. Yeah, you know the whole seems to be more than the board. Yeah. You know, the whole seems to get over it. They, they hold back at me. Uh, the board, though, it, it comes in handy over the years. <laughs> and uh, and uh, it's, it was just a great gimmick. You know, the heel could use it. I would take it away from them. And, and, of course, people say you're hacksaw Duggan, but you carry a two by four. Shouldn't you be two by four Duggan? <laughs> like well, it's wrestling would be a bit different, <laughs> right? Yeah, it's, yeah, it's wrestling. It doesn't have to make sense. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good mantra to live by. Um, it's also, um, as we're speaking, it's Monday. With the time people are listening to this, it'll be after Raw 25. But um, that's the show that's going on tonight. Right. I'm assuming no uh, guest appearance since it's in about seven hours' time. You're not going to make yeah, it. Yeah. Um, Let's get the Concord set up. But um, uh, you were you were part of the early Raws. You remember what it was like wrestling well, in the Manhattan Center? First Raw. Yeah, yeah, I think I worked with Shawn Michaels on the first Raw, and uh, of course that was uh, huge. You know, we first did it at the Manhattan Center in uh, New York City. And uh, again, going live on Monday night, uh, it was just a whole evolution of, of wrestling. I mean, I was able, for my generation of guys, to see it go from high school gyms and National Guard mm -hmm. armories and bingo halls to Superdome and Pontiac Silverdome and Wembley Stadium and Royal yeah. Albert Hall. I mean, it's amazing. Other than the, uh, the, the boom in terms of the attendances and the popularity and that kind of thing, what sort of differences did you see in your career from... From what the maybe the more like the, how the boys were and how they entertained themselves. Well, you know, back in the day, a lot of folks tried to compare us to sports teams. Our generation of guys, no, we were more like a rock and roll band okay. than we were a sports team. You know, there's a lot of drugs, a lot of booze, a lot of women. A lot of guys got caught up in that lifestyle. That's why we've lost so many wrestlers. And mm -hmm. You hear all the horror stories about Scott Hall and Jake Roberts and stuff. But for me, it's been a good business. I've been with my wife for over 30 years. I've never had to go to rehab for booze or drugs. Uh, no felony arrest. A couple misdemeanors, but it was the 80s. <laughs> but overall, it's been a great business for me. And I, I, I see the world, and it's, it's been good. So many folks hear all the negative stuff. And I tell you one thing a lot of folks don't realize about wrestling is how competitive it is. Mm -hmm. You know, folks see it on TV, they go, ah, that's all fake. That has nothing to do with it being competitive. Quite right, yeah. I tell folks in America, there's 1,500 NFL football players, probably here in the Premier Soccer League, there's probably 1,000 guys yeah, maybe. Yeah. In the NBA basketball, there's 600 NBA basketball players. In the WWE, there's 100 WWE wrestlers. This is just like kids from America or England. you got guys from Japan, Australia, all over the world. So to get one of those 100 spots, you really got to be on your game. Because if you don't, boom, you're gone. Some young kids got your job. Most definitely. And so, yeah, do you think there's maybe a little bit more of a, 
Um, other guys these days a little bit more, a bit more disciplined. Do you think? I think the kids are more professional. More professional. Yeah, I sure do, and maybe even more athletic. I mean, they're doing a lot more flips. You know, Superfly was probably the only guy that was jumping off the top yeah. rope consistently back then. But I think the kids may be better athletes, uh, a little more professional. You don't, know, you don't have the drug problems you do. But I don't know if they're as creative as our group of guys. I mean, you know, if you have a, a guys that are coming up with a gimmick for somebody and giving that guy the gimmick, it's different than me coming up with hacksaw right. Jim Duggan. Yeah. Like, where'd that hacksaw come from? I said, he's in here with me, brother. You know, <laughs> the Macho Man was Macho Man. You know, and if you developed your own characters, I think that just worked better than somebody giving you an idea and you running with it. And, uh, and of course, if WWE or F comes up with your character, like Bruce the Barber Beefcake, Big Boss Man, when what, they went to WCW, they could no longer could be, be Big right, Boss yeah. Man or Bruce the Barber Beefcake. Myself, Hogan, Macho Man, we own our characters, so when we go around, I can still be Hacksaw. And I suppose that's a, would you say that's a real big benefit of, of what the territory days were like, in the sense that you could not only own your own gimmick and whatever, but you could hone it. So if, you, if you're in, you you're in one, one territory and it was okay, but you go to the next one, you take the best bits, lose the worst bits and keep it moving. Exactly, and that's one of the, the uh, big deals about the, the performance center is that you got the that same guys teaching the same way to all the same guys. You know, back in the territory days, you'd work with this guy, and in that group, you'd go to another part of the country, work with those guys, run mm -hmm. that. So a little more like a buffet type of deal. Sure, We're yeah. now the kind of cookie cutters. Mm -hmm. They all look alike, tattoos, sleeves, thick muscles, you know, sure. they kind of look the same. We're, you know, I tell you, the biggest, strongest men were guys like Earthquake, Typhoon, Yokozuna, just big, 500-pound, powerful, powerful men. Mm -hmm. They don't look you know, as good as the body guys, <laughs> but they're powerful men. Yeah, sure. Um, let me ask you a little bit about, uh, again, something about your transition you'd have seen during your career is that um, I'm sure when you started, things were a lot more protected in terms of the, uh, in terms of the business, and, and these days things are a lot more open. Wide open. People like me are just irresponsible for you know, going behind the, uh, the scenes a little bit. How, how do you feel about that? Because some, some guys aren't quite so keen on how open it is these days. Yeah. Some say, Let, bring the doors open. Yeah, I think, it, yeah, I think it's always been sports entertainment, you know, and I think, uh, you know, there, there's that suspension of disbelief for mm -hmm. folks that want to believe it. Then even, you know, the folks say, that think they're smart to it, but I saw that one match. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but 99.9% .9 of the times things go as planned. But, uh, yeah, I don't mind being open about it at all. Uh, you know, that's the old, you're always a phony wrestler until you go to court. <laughs> when you go to court, you're a trained killer. Like, I was a phony SOB that night at the bar. What happened, right? And it, it's hard now even to go out without security because if you meet 100 people, 99 are cool, but, you know, the one guy, you want to arm wrestle me? Uh, you look bigger on TV. Security. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I mentioned it in terms of... Um, uh, I don't want to dwell on it too much, but there was an incident um, years ago with yourself and the Iron Sheik, I believe sure. it was, and uh, it seems that just as much as the, I would say, punishment that you got was for, you know, what you did yeah, wrong the in the eyes of the law, it was for the fact that you were associating yeah. with someone that was a, that was a bad guy. Bad guy. Um, yes. So was that a little bit, was that where it was starting to tip a little bit, a bit of a tipping point? I think that did a lot, yeah, it, it almost killed my career, I was lucky to survive that, because I'm, and the worst thing about it, people think me and the Sheik are friends. <laughs> no! I gave the guy a ride one day, you know, yeah. and uh, uh, I smoked pot back then, you know, and I was drinking a beer, and the police pulled us over, 
and uh, you know, I got a ticket for drinking while driving. I wasn't drunk. I, I lived in Louisiana at the time. I had to drive through daiquiri huts. You know? <laughs> so I'm going down to Jersey, New Jersey State Parkway, drinking a beer to cop. What the hell? Sure. He pulled me over and he says, well, you got any marijuana in the car? So I said, yeah, you know, honesty is the best policy. And I said, yes, sir, I got a little bit. Figured he'd take it away from me. He goes, you're under arrest. I'm like, oh, oh. <laughs> but then the sheik had two grams of cocaine on him. And uh, so the sheik had a felony arrest. I had two tickets. But of course, the newspaper and the media and everybody is cocaine, marijuana, beer, Doug and sheik. And they didn't yeah. buy it. So I got painted with the same brush as the sheik. And uh, of course, I was over 18. I'll take responsibility. I, I did it. And uh, I can remember what had, you know, we got done, we got popped. We still made the show that night. Okay. And we wrestled against each other that <laughs> night. I, I, we got back to the hotel. Of course, it was before the internet or anything. Mm. And I called my wife. I said, We got arrested, but I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> she calls me the next morning, Everybody knows. <laughs> So I, my first call was to my dad, God bless him. He was still chief of police, and uh, he said, you get arrested for cocaine? I said, no, sir, I got arrested for marijuana. So he chewed my butt, which I had coming. Mm -hmm. But then my family really riled, rallied around me, and I had great support from my family, because I went from the penthouse to the poop house in one night. And then, of course, my next call was to Vince McMahon. Mm -hmm. I remember verbatim, because usually you call for Vince, you're on hold for 10 minutes, right? right? Okay. I'm Jim Duggan for Vince McMahon, click, click, Jim. <laughs> and I remember verbatim, he goes, Jim, what have you done to us? I said, Vince, I'm embarrassed and ashamed. And he says, turn in your tickets and go home, because we had a big stack of airplane tickets, and slammed the phone down. So, wow, okay. you know, I went home, and uh, I went off to deep, and I'm surprised my wife stayed with me, because, I mean, I... That's something I worked for my whole life, and I had it in my hands, yeah. and I just flushed it down the toilet, like giving a guy a ride that I didn't really like. But uh, and I, I was very depressed for uh, a while, you know. And uh, Jake tried to smooth it over with Vince, and then Jake called me and said, "You're screwed, brother." <laughs> <laughs> so after a while, I called Dusty down at WCW, and I set up a meeting to fly to Atlanta to talk to Dusty. But before I left there, uh, WWE called me back. He says, don't do nothing drastic. We're going to bring you back. Just lay low for a little sure. while. They brought me back, but I don't think they ever put the big gas on me again. You know, I mean, they kept me strong, but they never really you know, put the fire on me. But like I said, I was, I was lucky to survive that. That, that would have killed a lot of guys' careers. I think you may have done. Thank you for being so candid about that as well. I didn't want to dwell on a negative no, thing. No, no, no. Well, that's very that's, that's story. the best known bust in wrestling. Well, thank you. <laughs> I said, Benoit butchers his family, <laughs> dug it in the sheik. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, indeed. Um, something that people often say for Vince is that he is he's keen on second chances, and obviously that's a, a point of show with yourself. Um, but you've had numerous runs it seems that you know you've got to a point where that'll be that'll be it for Duggan and you've come back and yeah, you've come okay. back not just for one shot but for, for little runs and stuff that must have been really you know um pleasing for you and uh, a real you know example of how you can still connect and how you can still be valuable because you know we were seeing you well into the 2000s still being a valuable asset yeah it's yeah like it's it's something I'm very proud of mm -hmm. I mean you know to to be in the heyday, you know, in the WWF and like I said Dusty DBI and then come back and work with their sons mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean uh and still have the people with me. Uh, uh, as lucky, the, the, and people say, well, how you do it? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I just 
than myself. And I think people see that. You know, I'm not out there. You know, when I'm out there cheering USA, it's not Lex Luger that they gave the Lexus press and gave him a flag. And he's like, yeah, yeah, USA. It's coming from my heart. And yeah, I'm proud, of, as you were proud of your country. Absolutely. And I'm proud of my country. And uh, to stand there and wave the flag, it's in my honor. I do a lot with the military. And uh, it's from the heart. I think folks see that. I think any character where you can tell that the person isn't necessarily playing an act. I mean, I'm sure there are some people where, you know, I don't think Mick Foley was really living in a dungeon eating worms or whatever but <laughs> when he was Mankind, but I said there was still a little bit of Mick in that character, I think. Yeah. And oh, yeah. I think you can say, I think perhaps the best example, I've never actually met the man in person, I've interviewed him on the phone, but the best example I can think of is Steve Austin, where you, everything you've ever seen, you go, that's pretty much Steve from what I can tell. He's probably a little bit more light-hearted in person and whatever, but the Steve Austin that was so popular and arguably the most popular ever, that's pretty much Steve. And I, I think you've got a similar sort of every man appeal. I think people that would like to have a beer with Steve would like to have a beer with you and, mm-hmm. and, and feel that like you're an well, ordinary person. you know person. my joke about Austin, right? I said I beat stunning Steve Austin so bad he had to shave his head and change his name. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to be stunning Steve if I didn't beat him. That was, for the, was that for the U.S. title, was that? That was for the U.S. Yeah. title at WCW, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that, me and Steve are not very close, uh, you know, and that, that's another big misconception of wrestling. And we goes, well, you guys are all good friends, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, we all compete for the same money. We're real good friends. <laughs> you know, it's like any business. You have a couple of good buddies, you have a few enemies, and you got a lot of acquaintances. Yeah, of course. Uh, my best friends in the business are all gone. Uh, Terry Gordy from the Fabulous Freebirds, Dr. Death Steve Williams, and just recently Roddy Piper. Man. Yeah, that's very sad. Uh, my, uh, my three best friends and all, and I'm a cancer survivor. Mm-hmm. So, you know, back in the day, we put a lot of crap in our body, and it's taken its, it's taken its toll. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a horrible side of the industry, unfortunately. Yeah, I don't like to talk about it too much, because it's, it's just yeah, sadly it's part of the industry. But it is, it is one we have to recognize. Um, but in terms of other people that you get on well with and acquaintances and stuff, do you do a lot of the, um, the circuit in terms of the, the WrestleComs and those sort of appearances? Yeah, I sure and, do. Yeah, and yeah. Do you enjoy that? I, I do. I, I, I have, have fun with the fans. Mm-hmm. You know, I enjoy the folks. And... Uh, but my, uh, Jake the Snake was uh, my head usher in my wedding 30 plus years ago. Right. He probably would have been my best man, but my dad was my best man. So Jake and I were very close, but then he got into the heavy drugs. And I didn't talk to him for 15 years because he's like, can I borrow some money? I'm like, no, shit. can't borrow no money, you kid. But he moved in with DDP, and I, I see him now. I'm like, hey, Jake, it's nice to see you back. Yeah. And I always say, Jake Roberts is one of the most fun guys you want to party with. But the last guy you want driving your getaway car, <laughs> he'd leave you in a minute. <laughs> uh, we'll have to, uh, to wrap this up. Uh, we're, um, we're very shortly about to uh, go on station to your, uh, your, your Q&A show. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, just, I'll ask you a question about that in just a second. But, but before I do, um, we've had some great laughs in this last half an hour. I've enjoyed talking to you. It's been fun. Um, people often talk about the, uh, the comedic side of wrestling. And there's, you know, there's some skits that you've done in the past with certain people, and whatever, ones with you know, Santino doing the dating game and stuff like that. Right. Into my head. Have you always enjoyed that kind of Because your comic timing's brilliant, and I'm, yeah. I imagine you've, you've had a ball doing that. Yeah, and as the longer I was with WWF, the, the more comical my character got. You know, when I was down in Mid-South, you know, I was a kick-ass yeah. guy, you know, boom, boom. And then the finally, as I became the king of wrestling, you know, I had the cape, the crown, the flag, the board, the thumb, the tongue, the hole, and the crossed eyes. You know, and Chief J. Strong was like, Duggan, can you be a little more serious in the ring? I'm like, are you kidding? And Bobby Heenan kept going, you know, Vince, Duggan needs an eagle. Get Duggan an eagle. I'm like, Bobby, shut up. <laughs> He'll do it as a rib. Because, you know, of course, they had Matilda with the bulldogs, yeah. and Frankie, the bird, the iguana, Jake had the D- uh, Damien. I'm like, no eagle. <laughs> Um, 
like I said, I, I've you know, found some of that you know, hugely entertaining towards the end of your career. But if, if people mention that, and that's the kind of thing they mention, are you cool with it? Obviously, because there were lots of other stuff that you did that was much more serious and was, was good. Are you okay in the fact that they... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. it's nice to be remembered you know, doing anything. And, and that was part of my character. And, I, and, of course, I think that helped with my longevity. Mm. You know, so many guys are broken to pieces. Uh, you know, I joke, I said, you know, Jake's got a new hip, DiBiase's got two new knees, Foley's got a new shoulder. I'm still in my original packaging. <laughs> yeah, I got a knee coming, but no rush, you know. But, uh, you know, all those high-risk moves, there's a reason they call them high-risk. And I tell kids, especially you see them on the indie shows and stuff, they're coming off the top rope onto the floor, and I said to Pop, instead of, hey, it's hey, but you can still walk the next day. <laughs> and on top of that, you would have played American football for you know, 10, 12 years, or however much you played, so. Yeah, well, I was only professional for two years, but of I'm course. I'm sure you played in high school. High school, school yeah. Oh, yeah, I played, for, that's for the actual knees from the yeah. pro balls, so well, I gotta get the knee replaced. Sure. Uh, I've got one little story which I, I wanted to relay to you. I can remember going to a show at the, uh, at the O2 in London uh, oh. a few years ago, and uh, there's a walk from the O2 arena down to the train station where lots of people get the, the tube in London away. <laughs> and all I can remember was thousands of people all walking down this thing, and there was only two noises you could hear. There were woos, and there were oh's, and I just thought, you know what, that'll be going on forever. And I thought, that's, if that's an indelible mark on the business, I think you've made it, is that in 50 years' time, I still think people are going, oh. <laughs> Thank you, man. I, and it, it's weird that, that, that it got over like that, but uh, I mean, like this, this tour here, everybody is hoeing, and uh, oh, it's, like I said, it's great. I enjoy it. I'm 64 years old. I, I you know, brought my wife over here. It's like a paid vacation, get in the ring and work with some of the top young talent over here. And I get to talk to the fans. Uh, it's it's great to be remembered. Sure. And it's, like I said, it's uh, just in a, we're about an hour or so away from you doing a little uh, Q and A thing. Yeah. It must be. That, are, they, are they big highlights as well when you get to interact like that? Pardon? They are big highlights when you get to interact with the fans. Like yeah, that. I, I, I love the fans. That's why you know for years with WWE they, they just used me for meet and greets and stuff like that. I have a good time with fans. I I, I appreciate them. And I think that's one thing as you get older, you know, a lot of times you see ball players, they're younger guys that take their fans for granted. I think uh, the older guys realize, you know, wrestling fans are the most loyal fans in the world. You can have a show on Super Bowl Sunday in America, you're still going to have your wrestling fans. So these folks that pay their hard, and most of them don't have a lot of uh, disposable income. Mm -hmm. They save their money, they come to the show, they're going to buy a picture or autograph. At least say, hey, how you doing? Yeah, you know, I've done autographs for sessions with people with a headset on. <laughs> they sit there and sign the autograph. They don't even interact at all. Right. And it's, you know, it's bad for the fans. It, it's, it's bad. I, I have more fun. Time goes faster if you're joking around. Come, Come here. here. <laughs> you know, and they have fun. I have fun. And, and time goes faster. Is there Just one... don't believe your own press. So many guys are like, <laughs> I'm a big shot. <laughs> Is there one question you get asked more than any, anything else? by people when they come up and do those kind of uh, things? Yeah, a lot that's where the hole comes from uh, and the two by four. And a lot go, I hate to ask you, but how about the iron sheet? <laughs> <laughs> well, I put that one in the yeah, middle. That's right. yeah, that's we got right. a story out of it. But, um, Jim, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for, uh, well, my for chatting to us. Nice talking have, have a great show tonight. And, uh, Thank you. Whenever we're watching the Rumble year on year, we'll always say you were the first. All right, well, you know what we got to do before we finish up, brother? Give me a hole, kid. Hole! <laughs> Well, that was absolutely magnificent. My ho I, my hoeing but, or the whole oh, interview? The hoeing, mate. The hoeing. It was it was worthwhile you going down there just to get the hoe. Um, 
that's never been said before, has it? Well, uh, but uh, mate, that was so good. I could listen to you. I could listen to you how on a loop. <laughs> uh, the uh, the uh, new, new Christmas toy for from Ronkel. Uh, Ho on a loop. Ah, <laughs> oh, magnificent. Ho on a loop. Batteries. Ho on a loop. Ho on a loop. Ho on a loop. Oh, terrific. We've invented something. Then don't quite know what it is, but we've invented it. I always wanted. I remember back in the attitude era. I always wanted to have a tag team of God, the Godfather and Hacksaw Jim Duggan and it called the whole train I, thought, I don't know that was literally the only reason but it would have been brilliant uh, yeah indeed um, it's, uh, I just thought of something else that I can't say because um, I'm uh, trying to keep things clean on the show now I'll tell you off air it's very funny um, but uh, no great fun listen I said it before the uh, as I trailed the interview it was just it was a good half an hour I got given you know, half or so, half an hour or so with him, and I looked down at my watch for the first time, and we were about 24 minutes in. It just absolutely, it sailed along. Did that interview? I enjoyed it immensely. Um, I was just trying to get, trying to get old Haxel to tell some stories. If you notice, I thought there were one or two occasions where I went, well, I didn't really ask you that question. <laughs> and he, just, he answered something different, but it was generally an entertaining story about Ted DiBiase or something on the end of the, uh, uh, at the end of the request or so, other questions. So. Um, fair dues and I will say that uh, he did say just after that interview finished he went you're going to hear some of these stories again and then when we went into the actual uh, he did basically about half the show was him telling the stories and about half was the Q&A from the audience and uh, yeah he did tell quite a few of the same stories but they uh, they are good ones it didn't bother me and a couple of them were in his Hall of Fame speech as well which I'd uh, watched a couple of days before for um, preparation and I found myself hearing them again but that is not uh, that is not meant as a dig because he was a fantastic guy and it was a uh, really worth hearing. So, um, nice little bit of nostalgia there, mate. If, 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 if you didn't enjoy Raw 25, I hope that oh. made up for it. That was awesome, mate. And like, ta- like, what great time to have the first ever Royal Rumble winner on the podcast right before the Royal Rumble. Superb, mate. You can't ask better than that. Our timing has been nice so far, hasn't it? So, so far, so good. JR for Raw 25, and then the first ever. Uh, Rumble winner in Rumble Week. So, Hacksaw uh, Jim Duggan, folks, is our Jim of the Week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it remains to be seen how infrequent that that uh, particular feature is throughout the rest of 2018. Um, I'm going to move us on to uh, one final topic before we wrap up for this week's podcast. It's been a bit of a marathon, but uh, thank you for sticking with us, folks. There's plenty to get through this week, and get through we shall. Because um, I want to pick Paul's brains, because Paul is quite the NXT aficionado. I mean, I like my NXT as well, but uh, I'm, ca- I'm comfortable with just sticking on their uh, their takeovers, and that'll do me for the uh, for the most part. But Paul's a little bit more into the NXT train than I am, and I'm sure that he'll be uh, looking forward greatly to uh, the NXT show this weekend. I don't know when we're going to get time to see it. We've got a lot going on over the weekend, so it's uh, we're not always able to squeeze it in before the Rumble, but uh, watch it at some point we shall. Looking forward to it. I am. I always look forward to these shows. It's um, it's one of those ones where you look at the card and it doesn't look amazing. It doesn't look like the greatest card in the world. But NXT never disappoints. I've long ago realised that you need to give it the benefit of the doubt. Um, and I think there could be some quite fun little things that happen around the matches that are in place anyway. So we'll we'll get to that and have a talk about that. One thing I will say is this 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 podcast this these next 10 minutes might be not spoilery because we obviously don't know what's going to happen but there might be some things in there that you might not have occurred to you and you might want to be unspoiled so if that's the case you want to go into nxt completely unsullied then see you later have a good weekend 
we'll, we'll end it now. If you don't, listen on. I'm tempted to let you record the last 10 minutes on your own, because I don't really know what you mean by that. Um, but I, I'm going to have to be uh, uh, passive now and let, uh, let you do what you will. So uh, Paul's going to be fair, <laughs> fair warning, folks, so no, uh, no complaints. You can, uh, we're only going to do another 10 or 15 minutes of the podcast. In fact, you'll be able to tell on your uh, listening device just how much longer we're going to talk for. Um, and so you can make up this time uh, later on in the week if you wish. But... Uh, I don't know where you're going to go. This? What do you mean, spoilery? What do you mean? There's, there's no, when I say spoiler, there's no. I've not read any rumours or news or anything else like that. But obviously, you know, there's certain things I'm going to mention that people might not have occurred. You know, it might not have occurred to people. All right, and... Russell Grant, get on with it. What do you mean? <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you. Let's go with the big one. Main event: um, Andre Almas against Johnny Gargano. Yeah, okay, looks, looks a good. On paper, it is a great match. It's an odd one. It's set up purely for the return of Tommaso Ciampa. No, so soon. Of course. Yeah, mate, it's ready. It's been it's been months. It's been months. Go on, then. You tell me. You tell me how. Oh, very straightforward. Gargano's got Andre uh, Almas beaten, and just as he go, just before he goes for the cover, out comes Ciampa and and wrecks the match for him. Agreed. Agreed. Very simple. Very um, simple. Very easy. Hooked on wrestling London team member Chris Groves. Um, tells me that uh, his theory is for Gargano to win and then Ciampa to um, to face him for the title at WrestleMania, which is not beyond the realms, but I'm saying that Ciampa's story is being, quite frankly, a bit of a git. And so, to me, wrecking the title win, as after he yep. wrecked his life before, is absolutely what um, Ciampa would do. So I'm saying that whatever the title match is, at, um, the re- I, I, when I say at WrestleMania, you know what I mean, the NXT show, before WrestleMania, so NXT takeover New Orleans, um, you have Almas versus, you know, whomever the returning Drew Galloway or, um, you know, whatever about or the returning um, EC3. Maybe that he may, maybe it could be whatever they do with uh, Derek Bateman. Was that what he was called before? That Dar- was Dar- Darren one, yeah. Bateman or Derek Bateman? Derek was Derek Bateman. Derek um, Bateman. So whatever they do with him or uh, various others that they could do, Alistair Black, um, whatever they do. I think Gargano versus Ciampa in the big grudge match, probably something uh, along the lines of a no-holds-barred street fight, whatever. I think it's probably a number two match for the uh, for the Rumble card, or maybe for the number one match, really. But uh, number two after the title in their eyes. So I think that's where you go with it. If uh, if indeed he's around and he's fit and he's ready for that, I suppose he doesn't need to be 100% fit, does he, Ciampa? Because his next match could be on WrestleMania weekend. He probably wouldn't have him wrestle until then. Um, so he'd still have another couple of months to get himself in full shape but no I support your theory 100% well there we go so that's going to be that's the main event taken care of um, what else we got on the car let's have a look right tag team title match Authors of Pain taking on um, the Undisputed Era what you got there well like I said to you before I said you know, I said, who's the um, who's the baby face that's the issue I have with that one is that's a bit of a uh, they're not really that's two heel teams but um, given that they're in Philadelphia, I'm going to and the fact that they're the smaller guys, I'm going to say that the crowd are going to cheer for the undisputed era. Um, I have a little suspicion that uh, with a little bit of help from his pals or their pals, I could see there being a bit of interference here, helping the undisputed era, giving a bit of a an on-the-night babyface pop, giving them the titles because there's been one or two little shouts that the authors of pain may be a bit. You know, on the promotion side soon, they might be heading up to the main roster. And I think I said on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, I'd quite like to see them in the Rumble. It'd be quite a cool 
cool moment to have both the authors of Pain in the Rumble dominating for a few minutes before a big guy like a Reigns or someone came out to uh, you know prevent them from their devastation. But uh, that could be a good way of introducing the authors of Pain to uh, to the world would be to have them dominate the Rumble for three or four entries. Yep, agreed. Um, we could also see the debut of War Machine. Yeah, I mean that would be quite quick, wouldn't it? That would be um, quite quick, but it would make sense, and there would be a huge, you know, buzz in Philadelphia. You know, the I assume it's in I assume it's in the same arena. I, I haven't really. Uh, it's a, yeah, it is. Uh, I don't know. No, I don't know which arena it's in specifically, but obviously it's in Philadelphia. In, in Philly, anyway. Um, yeah. Uh, so you know, War Machine. Ring of Honor. I don't know what they'll call them. Would they, would they call them War Machine? I don't know if they're. Well, the, the, their, their recent they, precedent has been to keep it, hasn't it? But yeah. we don't know. Well, they used to call they used to call Rhino that, did they not? So it's um they used to call him the War Machine Rhino. So it just might be a little bit confusing. That's all. But um uh, it's certainly confused. Who did I read online talk about War Machine coming up? And they said that he'll. They said I, I think he'll do well or something like that. And it was a note mate there attack team. Uh, it was someone like um, Peter Rosenberg or one of those sort of uh, oh, yeah. as- associated talents. Not, I don't think it wasn't Sam Roberts. It was it was one of those sort of associated was, talents. I think it was Rosenberg. It was Rosenberg. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I can see that. I can see that being a good, um, you know, good response to the undisputed era winning their match and outcome War Machine and lay waste to them. That's definitely been a uh, uh, a staple. Uh, well, the issue I have with War Machine is that they just. They're a bit samey to me. They're a bit well. How many other big guys with beards are we going to do? So they've got sanity. We've had the we've had the Wyatts and we've got sanity. I just, I feel that the big beard thing is really really played out now. True, I agree with you. So like, they just look a little bit derivative, and that's not to have a pop at, um, you know, people that we are familiar with on the uh, the British scene. Dave Mastiff, you know, stands out as one for me. But Dave Mastiff is not the same wrestler. He's been around for a lot longer, and he's. You know, he's uh, his own unique character. He is not the same guy by any stretch. But this, you know, roughly tufty big beard guy is, uh, I think, is a little bit overplayed myself. But uh, I absolutely agree with you. I think War Machine to uh, to appear, very good shout. What about uh, what about Ricochet? I think Ricochet might be our man in the front row. Yes, that happens a lot, doesn't it? They go to uh, to someone sat there, sort of winking a nod to the camera. So uh, yeah, very think... fair shout. That might be him there. By the Apart way, that, by the way, he'd be a hell of a he'd be a hell of a shout for the rumble. Mm, as a surprise, surprise entrant, because interesting. I'm not saying to go straight to the main roster. I'm saying he could go to NXT afterwards. Yeah, yeah. But he could do two or three unbelievable things, couldn't he? Just you know, really shocking. Oh my God, look at that flip and a dive and a catch and a twist. That would be a, that would be very interesting. What if he eliminated Randy Orton? Oof. Ooh, with his flips. <laughs> bring in Ricochet. There's, by the way, I'm not even joking. That's a story you could take to Mania. Or, uh, you, or you could ask Randy Orton. And he, he might not see this very nicely. But you could ask Randy Orton for one night only to go and wrestle in NXT and do and do Ricochet versus Orton at some place at WrestleMania weekend and have the dive guy against the quote-unquote dive guy. Wow. And, and however you do it, you end in the most ungodly ricochet inside-out flip that goes into the RKO. Well, I don't think I, I can't see Randy Orton taking too kindly to be asked to go and wrestle on NXT at WrestleMania weekend. But but where else? Well, I get where you're Where else from. is he going to fit into WrestleMania weekend? Uh, if you can't find a match for him, would you rather be in a six-man tag somewhere, or would you rather be in the under the giant battle roll and lose, or would you rather go main event NXT? 
I think you would rather be on the WrestleMania card getting his WrestleMania payday. Depends where his money is. If you pay him enough money to go and work in NXT, you won't get out. Mm, well, we'll see. We'll see. But I get what you're saying, and I like the gist. Um, what else we got then? There's not a huge amount else to discuss, really. Oh, we don't, um, we don't, we don't have to. We don't have to. You know. No, no, no. It's not going. The three matches are, are not. You know, there's nothing much I see worthy of discussion. But I think it's going to be a good. You know, it's there's never been a bad NXT takeover, and I don't think this one's going to start. No, I think I think I very much agree with you. So NXT is where you can start your Rumble weekend. Why not on Saturday night? Or either stay up on Saturday night and get your body clock attuned to being up nice and late. Or maybe on the Sunday over a little bit of brunch, get yourself ready for the Rumble uh, by watching NXT on the WWE Network. Uh, and then you're all set to come along to the Royal Rumble wherever you are in the country. I almost guarantee unless you are at the farthest end you know, the top of Scotland or the bottom end of Cornwall, you're going to be struggling a little bit, but anywhere else you're only going to be an hour or so away from a party somewhere, and Paul has the wonderful distinction of once more taking you through the 13 parties, although this time with a little bit more uh, emphasis on what's happening at each show, so good luck mate I know it's your favourite moment of the week um, let's have a nice little rundown of the parties, and uh, take it away here we go, alright guys, so we are at the Grand in London, which is at Clapham Junction. Um, that's going to be our biggest party, actually we're going to get 500 odd people there, it's going to sell out, we've only got a few tickets left. So get on there and get those now if you can. We've got all sorts going on there, we've got the cosplay competition, we've got the quiz, um, we've got WWE 2K18 tournament, we've got Beer Pong, a couple of special guests appearing as well. It's going to be a night, it's going to be a night. Um, we'll just we... say quickly on that one, sorry to cut in, but we will just say on that one, as Paul says, that one is very close to selling out. So we absolutely recommend doing that as soon as you possibly can, just to guarantee um, that you'll get entry. What is going to be the policy on the day, mate? Well, policy on the day, it depends how many we've got left. At the minute, we've got about 50 tickets left. And if we get down to less than about 20, we just won't sell them on the day because we don't want to let people down. There you are. So but, just keep, uh... keep an eye on our social media, folks, because... Um, if you are umming and ahhing, maybe you're waiting for someone to uh, uh, to give you a lift or to come along with you or whatever it might be, uh, keep an eye on our social media and we will advise, as far as the London one goes, uh, if there will be tickets on the door. So it's uh, just there you go. we don't want you travelling from you know from somewhere and uh, coming all the way down and uh, being disappointed. Um, but in fact, let's just mention there are a couple of parties within spitting distance of London as well so why don't we yeah, do those next if you can Paul yep sure we are going to be in che uh, we're going to be in Chelmsford um, at the walkabout uh, we are going to be in Reading uh, with Doug Williams at the walkabout there as well and finally also a walkabout uh, Brighton um, we're going to be there the newly reopened walkabout with Ash Rose uh, sticking on the south coast we're going to be down at Sharky's Sports Bar um, in Bournemouth that's a new venue for us there. Um, new venue, we... same old host. Yeah, there we go. Good old Linsky. Um, Steve move... Linsky is the James Milner of our hosting. Uh, <laughs> I have to get a footballer in there somewhere. I haven't done it this week, but he can play in any position, can Steve Linsky, and he'll, uh, he'll fill in beautifully in Portland. He's been anywhere and everywhere. Yes, indeed. So then we've got that. We've got Cardiff um, with Sokaval, as we've talked about at the walkabout. We are up to Nottingham at the South Bank Bar at Trent Bridge. Important we say Trent Bridge because there's a couple of them in town. The South Bank Bar, Trent Bridge. We're in the Texan Roadhouse Barbecue and Grill in Birmingham. 
Um, Derby takes us to the walkabout again, as does Sheffield. We're in the walkabout there. Um, and then finally up to Glasgow for, a, for another walkabout with James Kennedy hosting a party that's now sold about 230 tickets. So it's going to be a hell of an evening. Glasgow back to its good old position as the second city of the Empire. There we go. So, a city I've got huge affection for. Most of my family come from Glasgow and I uh, love it very dearly. So I was, I've often been privileged when we've gone to some of our PSI events before and gone to Glasgow and it's been the last one to uh, to go on the list and it's been the first one to sell out and it obviously, obviously sounds like I'm just doing my bit to butter up the crowd when I get there and say how ecstatic I am about it but I absolutely mean it. If I couldn't host the London one mate I would be asking to do Glasgow because it's it'll be a joy. It really will. I, I would be very excited to be at that one. So wherever you are in the uh, uh, in Scotland, we haven't forgotten you, Edinburgh. If this is given that uh, we've had a good uh, reception for Glasgow, we've not forgotten Edinburgh. That will be uh, it'll be on the uh, on the thought list. And listen, wherever you are in the country, um, if we're missing you out, you know, we always get, you know, why aren't you in Newcastle? Why aren't you in Truro? Why aren't you in, you know, Lerwick? Um, we're always getting questions about it. Um, if you would like us to come to you, you got to, you know, you can tell it, you can tell us that, and we will take everything on board. But it's all done by. Uh, demand, it's done by availability we've got to have the right bar, the right host the right amount of people um, so there are lots of, you know, if you are you know, if we have one in Leeds and you're kicking off while there's not one in Bradford, well come on it's down the road um, but uh, we will endeavour as much as we can to keep an eye on all of the requests and the same goes for ones we've already got Paul, correct? if they're not if they're not supported then we might look at going elsewhere but if they are doing a, yeah, a, a wonderful rip-roaring trade then uh, we shan't be leaving you there you go exactly I think we're there guys hookedonevents.co.uk or ringsideworld.co.uk for tickets and come and check out what the latest news and um, and events are on facebook.com forward slash ho wrestling I tell you what we don't do often enough and I'm going to do it now before the event rather than afterwards which is when we start to get there Um, I want to thank all the people that help us out for this Um, we've mentioned all the hosts and hosts, you know, myself included, we get to do it. We get a little bit of glory, and people, you know, we enjoy doing it, and people come up to us afterwards and all that kind of thing. But London, in particular, you don't have 500 people entertained with just me and Paul doing it. There's, we have a team of about five or six of us at least in London, um, yeah. and all of our venues, you know, not only there'll be the hosts, there'll be a couple of other people helping out. Um, so I'm not going to go through all names because I'll forget someone, and that'll be embarrassing. But for everyone that's, you know, working hard behind the scenes, some of you for two, three, four years with us. Some of you, it's your first time helping out this time. We appreciate all of you because, you know, there are, we have a, a little WhatsApp group that Paul puts together in the week building up to uh, the party so that we can all keep in touch with each other. I think there's about 50 people in this WhatsApp group at the moment. <laughs> it's getting you know, a bit Honestly, silly, that's it? legit, folks. There's just so many people in it because we need to be able to be in contact with everyone and, and keep the info going. So it's a huge staff that we have now, most of whom do it out of the goodness of their heart to help us out on the enterprise. So, we are hugely thankful of that. Um, we're also thankful of the partners that help us out in terms of people like Ringside World, who are um, superb and have been great with us. Um, Walkabout in particular, um, Amy and everyone at Walkabout who have helped us out hugely in the build-up to this rumble because we've had uh, a misstep or two, but they've been able to help us out. And indeed all the other bars, not, not everywhere is a Walkabout, and the, uh, the Clapham Grand, um, which is sort of our home base now in London, is a, is a special venue. And there's some, uh, there's some other wrestling going on there, folks, as well. So uh, you can... Um, uh, always keep an eye out for other stuff going on at the Clapham Ground because there is some some live wrestling being uh, taking place there as, as the year goes on, and it's a, a pretty cool venue to uh, to go and watch anything, whether it's a 
a bit of a movie night or a band or a wrestling show there's uh, plenty going on there so um, I hope you know we, you don't think we, you're an afterthought all of you people because um, me and Paul know that uh, the first ever Hooked on Wrestling live show was basically sorted out by me Paul and Vikram Sanga but uh, apart from that you know we've had to grow our team significantly over the years and you know people you like uh, Stevie Cox that came along on an early uh, an early edition didn't he to help us out and has stayed with the team ever since there's people like that you are the uh, you are the heroes so we always get a bit we can get a bit mushy afterwards sometimes and thank people but I want to do, do it beforehand Paul just to uh, just to say how important those people are to us that's very lovely of you Rob very nice this is the point where you uh, say how uh, much I mean to the enterprise no that's very lovely of you Ron. very nice yeah um, <laughs> anyway, just uh, just lastly, Paul, what's our social media account so people can uh, uh, not only keep an eye on what's going on in the build-up to this uh, this event, but also we want to we want to hear from you during the night. Um, what are you enjoying? What are you not enjoying? Um, send us your pictures, uh, all sorts of things, all over social media over the weekend. We want to uh, we want to hear from you, the good and the bad, because the bad you help us to rectify any problems, and the good you get to share it with uh, with the rest of the world. Yeah, so that's facebook.com, HO Wrestling, as we mentioned, and Twitter at HO underscore Wrestling. There is also uh, a new Twitter account for this here podcast, which is... Which is at Hooked on Podcast, nicely simple. We'll be keeping that uh, updated a bit with some uh, more podcasty things, so in the future when we've got uh, guests and podcasts lined up, that's the place to go, you'll find out first uh, that that's where it's going to be. Um so on behalf of Paul and all of our hosts and Val and Hacksaw uh, thank you for listening to this week's show remember this is The Sun's Hooked on Wrestling, this is the show and we're very happy to be uh, being looked after here at The Sun and it's uh, a very exciting 2018 we have ahead, uh, guests events and all such larks but mainly uh, this podcast which we have a blast bringing to you and of course our show, so wherever you are on Sunday uh, do enjoy yourselves, we want to hear from you uh, after the event um, and just it means just from us from me and Paul until next week when the Hooked on Wrestling podcast will be back just remember it's wrestling enjoy it enjoy the rumble yeah.